0: Talk
1: Live
2: It's Free Talk Live, it's talk radio that you control, and six oh three. Two eight three six one six zero 283 6160 is that number for you to get in on the conversation with us. 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie.
3: Jay Noon. And Joa.
2: And we have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, there is a really terrible story, in my opinion, out of New York from ABC News about Uber and Lyft. Jay uh, also wanted to talk more about the guy, the Maine shooter from the state, Maine, Robert Card, and what the military knew about him before he went and shot up a um, bowling alley, was it?
3: Bowling alley in a bar, hmm. is uh, what the, this uh, report said.
2: Yeah, so we've got that story here. Um, you, you can go ahead and start reading it if you want. It's from the com.
3: What this says is... Um... New, newly released text messages reveal the extent to which Maine cops were warned about mass shooter Robert Card by his fellow service members in the Army Reserves, who reported their fear six weeks prior to the attack that killed 18 people.
2: Wow, so people that like worked with him, like his friends, I thought it was maybe... Some kind of group that was investigating him, but instead it's people who worked with him probably.
3: Yeah, one of the guys says that he loves him and mm-hmm. wants to help him but doesn't know how. That sucks. In September, Army Reservists were so concerned that Card 40 was about to kill that they told each other to change the passcode to the entrance gate of their base in Saco and warned each other to be armed in his presence. Whoa. Change the passcode to the unit gate and be armed if Sergeant First Class does not arrive. please. I believe he's messed up in the head, and this is quoting these uh, text messages, Hmm. and threatened uh, the unit, others, uh, the the other unit, and other places. I love him to death, but I do not know how to help him, and if he refuses to get help, I'm afraid he's going to f up his life hearing the things he thinks he heard.
2: Oh no! So he's probably hearing voices.
3: One text by Sergeant Hogsden. And then it's got the you know whole list of the texts. Um,
2: Someone says here, I believe he's going to snap and do a mass shooting. Uh, but were they just saying this to each other, or were they telling the police this? Like-
3: uh, well, it, we'll get into it. Uh, hmm. These text messages sent by an Army Rever- reservist sergeant to his supervisor in September hmm. reveal that the, the extent to which there were concerns about Robert Card, the supervisor, called police who issued an alert. On card, but nothing was done to bring him in or strip him of his weapon so i'm gonna pause right here for a minute on on reading this a few comments here, so <clears throat> when the police get you know these calls and the FBI gets you know these calls that like people are doing like you know acting you know weird or they're gonna be getting crazy, kind of like there was this kid like somewhere around Chicago what like a year ago or or a year and a half, he shot up a bunch of people from the top of a building. Hmm. Um, And, you know, and all of a sudden he had like this really nice, like, you know, semi-automatic rifle that was, you know, a few thousand dollars. He had several thousand dollars worth of gear, but like had no money. So somebody like bought him all this stuff. Yeah. And like his mother, you know, had made reports. I I, I can't remember. But it's often with these, you know, mass shootings, we're finding that there are reports. And it seems like it's pretty convenient for law enforcement to just sort of ignore them, especially for, you know, the gun grabber side, you know, the, these leftist Democrats and the Republicans, you know, they thirst for power just as much as the Democrats, you know, and all, all, all statists are bad as far as I'm concerned because they all just, you know, lust for this power and don't really care how they get it. And by sort of allowing these things to happen, they, you know, then they can come forth and be like, hey, we need more laws. We need red flag laws. We need, you know, this ability because they, they don't have an opportunity to like demand these kind of things, you know. F- from the voters or from the people or from the legislature until these, you know, mass, you know, casualty events happen.
2: Well, so do you think that sometimes these people get reported and then the cops are conveniently handed a perfect scapegoat and they can even maybe arm him like this guy you're talking about from Chicago and then say, Oh, look, we, it wasn't us. It was this crazy guy.
4: Yeah. Yeah. More like they, they knew it was going to happen. So, Yeah, let's just let him keep his gun.
1: Or or
3: they help it it along. Right. Yeah. So So let's not let an opportunity go to waste, right? So uh, Alex Jones reported years ago on, there was a, in 1993, there was the World Trade Center bombing. Hmm. uh, And this guy who was basically did the World Trade, did that bombing, was totally helped and paid by like FBI informants to like do this. And this was, you know, declassified, you know. Years later, but it, even like you get. wasn't
2: that. Sorry, the, those bombs didn't end up going off. They were kind of "quote unquote" stopped.
3: Yep. And it, well, I no remember. one. One did go. off. I think well, there was an explosion. <laughs> huge, huge. Like six floors
4: of their Whoa. parking garage but were no blown out. It was like this huge. This is World circular. Trade Center you're
3: talking about, yeah, or Underground Oklahoma City. No
4: World Trade Center. Okay. There was a bombing before the you know, ninety three, right? And this was they. It blew like six levels of the parking garage. Like it looked like a big like, circular, sort of, like, a bomb went off. And, then, yeah, it was a bomb. But, like, the thing is, I, I I don't know the full details of that, but I believe that, yes, they helped him build it, but they didn't give him, like, the final component. But I, th- I believe that's how it went down, and he finished a component. Yeah, so right?
3: yeah, and so these, like, patsies are, like, helped along. These crazy people are helped along. You know, it's pretty convenient how they've got military ties, CIA ties. I mean, look at Timothy McVeigh. Uh, Timothy McVeigh was an Oklahoma City guy who... Oh, okay. uh, Blew up the uh, Oklahoma City uh, FBI building or federal mm-hmm. building or whatever it is, and there was like a daycare in there with a bunch of kids. But of course, and you know, and then there's claims that that building was like wired, you know, days before, or weeks before, with explosives. Uh, essentially, the uh, from what I understand, like the Air Force has like a uh, you know explosive investigation unit or some some wing in the military, and they tried to like r- replicate this alleged like fertilizer diesel fuel. Type concoction that Timothy McVeigh allegedly put in a um, U-Haul van, I guess, huh. and Rider truck or whatever, some kind of rental van, and uh, they like tried to like replicate like this explosion happening, and it wouldn't do anything because basically it was like it was it was you know, and and one of my really good friends, uh, Silver Dave, is uh, was a military you know special forces demolitions expert, and he hmm. was talking about this you know oklahoma city thing i was like there's no way that could have been you know from the truck outside the way that damage happened the building had to be exploded you know, from the inside exploded from like columns and inside he's a demolition guy and kind of like what you know nine eleven. there's you know no way that like the building just fell down on its oh, own
4: yeah, footprint it like free falling, also yeah. that
3: building was designed to take a bomb hit i
4: believe which one the oklahoma city bomb
2: well we do Bombing have building, a whatever. caller and it's open uh open phones talk show so i'm gonna bring sam from ohio on what's on your mind sam
5: I was just curious what happened to Ian.
2: Oh, so Ian went to prison, and he got sentenced for eight years.
5: Well, at least it wasn't as bad as it could have been.
2: That's true, but... Um,
4: it's pretty bad, but... It's pretty
2: bad, but, I mean, I, I was happy that it wasn't, like, 20 years or something, because eight years means, like, if he doesn't win appeal, maybe he'll serve, like, five. But if it was 20 years, it would be like, oh, if he doesn't win appeal, he's still going to serve, like, 18 or something, so...
5: But specifically, I remember him saying that he was concerned it would be decades.
2: Yeah. I mean, for a while, there were a lot more charges, and then one got dropped.
5: Well, at least he only got eight years. That's good news.
3: Yeah, I think
4: appeal is going to go well, but.
2: Yeah, I, I hope so, too.
3: At this point, Ian got railroaded. Yeah. Is what happened.
2: Well, yeah. I, no question there. Yeah, definitely. Um, is that all you have for us, Sam?
5: that's all i had thank, thank you, you sam bye
2: we have a unscreened caller unscreened caller what's on your mind
0: uh listening to your comments um regarding the muslims in gaza in relation to israel
3: that, Is that uh, yesterday must have been yesterday's show
0: oh that's possible that's very possible Um, Two points I wanted to make. Uh, One, Moses went on Mount Moriah uh, going back thousands of years that that was Jewish land. Number two. uh, Somebody going
2: back on on a mountain thousands of years ago matters today. Why?
0: God gave that land to those people. In fact, King David purchased it. Are you aware of that? That he purchased the threshing floor of Arana in well, the Bible.
2: Well, who's he? He's some dead person. I Actually, still what, don't know what your what the point is.
4: I would say what what is the what is the um, significance into owning land? Is it is there some magical Own owning of this land that's no going to cause? Who there for thousands I, I'm just trying there. to get to the would point you, of it.
0: Yeah, yes, there is because in their religion, okay. God has free established for eternity he said jerusalem i will put my name there and if you if you zoom out from a satellite and you look at mount moriah they're in the the, the even the ridge line is in the shape of jehovah in in, in the very vowels of, of the way you would your hey how do you pronounce his name so his name he he said i will put my name In Jerusalem. So they're commanded to. So they can disobey their God or take your opinion? That's their options? You want want them to take your opinion, some libertarians in New Hampshire that want open borders, or they can obey their eternal God?
2: How is that even a command? That doesn't even sound like a command. He just said, I'll put my name in there.
0: Obviously, I'm not getting anywhere with doctrinal fact that King David purchased that land, the threshing floor of Arana.
2: But you're not so answering our tr- question about it. that. If we just talk about that one subject, why did it, would it matter that someone purchased land thousands of years ago? Why would that matter today? Like, did he I, I hand it down to his... Uh, sons every single year, and like no one else has ever been in charge of it. No, it it was like owned by completely different people, multiple different times. Sweetheart, and it, sweetheart, the Muslim I, I, I don't talk to idiots. So,
3: so here's the thing. Uh, well, I I had some questions for that guy. So like, well,
2: I I don't talk to disrespectful people. Like, I don't do this show sure. for no reason. I already do okay, it for sweetheart. free. <laughs> like, just <laughs> so, so stupid. Like, so,
3: so anyways, when it comes to land ownership. Uh, One of the questions I like to ask, so for example, I was in New York state and I got a ticket on a New York thruway and the and the officer on the stand, state trooper said the state of New York owns the New York thruway and said, okay, can you produce a deed where the state of New York is a grantee and there's a signature, a, a wedding signature from a grantor, a man or a woman granting the land to the state of New York. In which no such deed exists. because well, God
2: put New York's name on the mountain there, so.
3: So, so so well. Who's God? From what writing? Right. You know this. This. You know this. This thing. Just saying. Because God says it doesn't mean it doesn't. It's not valid at all. Because you know there are people that you know. You know believe. You know there's there's all kinds of gods. There's people that believe the fairies are gods. Or, you know the, the great spirit. The you know a uh, you know whoever Muhammad Jehovah jesus you know they, they, they're all got you know <laughs> you get all these crazy people that you know get that that just totally are wrapped up in a lot of this worship stuff and i shouldn't say they're all crazy but some of them are really into it but like
2: him like the guy who just called basically he's making our point saying oh well what what are they supposed to do disobey their god instead we got to kill people like that's yeah. all he's saying like, right. he's just- like
4: like let's just like the logic of what maybe what god would want would be peace right so right. like if someone, like, if say, okay, we have this beautiful place, Mount Mor- Moria, whatever you call it, uh, Moriah, uh, and, you know, oh, we got this enemy coming to attack us. Should we kill them? We should fight back? Or would God say, let them have it? Like, or I'm not saying, you know, not defend your lands and that sort of thing. But, like, is it really worth risking your culture, your life, your families, like, everything about who you people are to, to die over it? Like, I feel like it's just absurd, a biblical fight for nothing.
3: Yeah. yeah. So so does, you know, did King David get a deed from God or whoever, you know, he claims he bought it from? You know, is, is there a deed? Is there a ch- chain of uh, custody?
2: Even if there was, there is there today? Like, like I was saying, did he pass it down to his sons no, every and, generation and they, and, you, you know, know, kept control of it?
3: Right. Pro- Take care of it? Probably not. But the bottom line is whoever's got the most amount of guns, which is whoever the United States wishes to give all the guns and ammunition and bombs and, you know, weapons of mass destruction. They're all, you know, pretty much produced by the United States all, all, all around the world. And so, like, the idea that the United States is, you know, giving all of this money for, like, my entire life. I've been, you know, 40 years. they have just been given billions of dollars every single year to Israel, uh, which should absolutely not happen at all. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't like the idea of anybody getting killed on either side. But when it comes to this Palestinian versus Israel thing, what's been my observation my entire life is you have these poor Palestinian people who can't leave their country, who are basically subject to, like, checkpoints from, like, Israeli military within Palestine. Like, these people can't even move around. This has been this way for decades. And, like, and, and so I've been studying child psychology. Palestine is like the perfect breeding ground because the way it's controlled, the poverty of the people, the lack of education of the people, the fact that they're blacked out from the rest of the world, right. the fact that it is quite literally an open air prison, um, and to create like this massive extremist, uh, you know, um, what uh, you know, generation community, you know, uh, collective of. Very angry upset boys who are probably who are gonna grow up, who are growing up to become men and see that they're like probably not gonna have a woman to marry. you know, mm-hmm. they're probably not gonna have a life. Uh, their life has already been you know excruciating hell. So like if you want to create an enemy and, and, and that's kind of been the thing the entire time. governments all through history. Have always had to create and back the enemy mm-hmm. so they could have a conflict to justify right. so their own side, right. right? To 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 create their own power, to launder money from the taxpayers via f- uh, fractional reserve banking and via the taxpayers to military industrial complex. You Even know, if it means uh, sacrificing industries.
2: some of the their own people, like if some Israeli people really did die from these attacks from these people from Gaza. And the, Israel was actually behind the attacks in Gaza, like f- from a really long time coming, not just like, oh, Israel literally put an Israeli soldier up in the sky. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. It might sound surprising to some people, but it wouldn't surprise me because they don't actually care about, quote unquote, their people. They care about their power. And so, if it, they got to break a few eggs to make yeah, an omelet, they will.
3: So the, you know, if you um if you look at, uh you know, uh, World War Two, for example, uh, you look at um uh Russia I'm not sorry Russia Germany with the burning of the Reichstag that was a false flag that was an inside job to give the then sitting German government more power if we look at World War II again and we look at Pearl Harbor hmm. so there's some things that we know about the Japanese invasion on Pearl Harbor the Japanese were helped out tremendously by American uh, military industrial complex interests to make that happen. Oh, one, for sure. One for, of them being...
2: Um, al- al- alerts were ignored, right?
3: Alerts were ignored. There was ham radio operators or like, hey, this, jet, this this fleet is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they knew, coming. They, coming. Uh, they knew they the, were coming. They knew they were coming. they not prepared. There was tons of alerts. And also, U.S. Standard Oil, which was John D. Rockefeller Corporation, mm-hmm. uh, that had to... Ex- now, this is post-prohibition. The purpose of prohibition, making alcohol illegal... Was to so you couldn't use alcohol as a motor fuel, so you had to buy Rockefeller's petroleum. And Whoa. so, so previous to prohibition, if you lived in rural America, you your Model A, your Model T Ford, your tractor, your l- lamps in your house used alcohol. Uh, America was farming with alcohol and traveling with alcohol. Uh, in the city, you would buy petroleum, uh, uh, Rockefeller's dirty petroleum. And uh, that was what was uh you know uh, in, used in the cities: your gasoline, your petrol, your kerosene, whatever. Uh, so uh Rockefeller became extremely powerful, and it was Rockefeller that actually was like um, that uh, gave the fuel to the Japanese fleet to get to uh, you know to do the attack on Hawaii, Hawaii. Hawaii. and so and we look at um, the uh, Gulf of Tonkin. Which was there was a, a U.S. destroyer or U.S. Navy ship was put out in the Gulf of Tonkin, Tonkin, and it was bombed. Uh, to- did that? Did it? Actually, was there actually a ship that got bombed? Or it, I, what I
4: remember from uh, reading about the talk, I you mentioned this pre- previous show. Yep. Uh, but I thought it was just a made-up story. Like no ship actually got
3: sunk. Well, they claimed a ship got sunk, and there was something out there that they claimed got sunk and destroyed. Right. Just the claiming of it. So so, so that's another thing, too. Like, you you have these so-called uh, terrorist attacks on infrastructure via the internet, hmm. and a gasoline pipeline shuts down. So it's really hard for them to say right. this gasoline pipeline blew up and not show any video. video. You mean the
2: Nordstrom, that one?
3: No. Um, so that one, like, you can, there's video, oh. it blew up, it shut down.
2: You mean um, still the Gulf of Tonkin?
3: No, this gas pipeline was like a couple years ago down in the Carolinas. I think they call it the Tennessee something, Tennessee Mountain Connect, whatever. It was mm. a pipeline that went from somewhere like in Louisiana up to like North Carolinas and Virginia to supply oh. gasoline and diesel fuel to those areas. It was a pipeline and it shut off. And they said it was a cyber attack. Well, the thing is, is when they say it's a cyber attack or they say it's a it's a it's swine flu or COVID or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. there's no like real actual evidence other than it's a good point you know yeah. the people saying it so when they have the Saudi cyber attacks screwed up a bunch of stuff and this, this is what they say when they're you know the food chain thing breaks down oh they'll be like oh there was a cyber attack there's no way to really verify there was a cyber attack you know for the average guy there's no like video footage of you know these guys on computers you know pushing enter and you know <laughs> you know um and laughing like a villain, you know, as they do it, you know, the uh, maybe somebody who's like a computer techie or, you know, understands all this stuff that has clearance and the, and the ability to look into these things. And those resources might be able to say there's a cyber attack, but you can't prove that to me. Then they
2: wouldn't be able to explain it to the norm- normal people who aren't like <laughs> um, right. coders. They they just can't. They don't have the, both of those skill sets.
3: So this like plausible, constant plausible deniability that they're pushing with their false flags to get things going, government is constantly creating an enemy. So I see Palestine as a place where they have, when I say they, the Western powers, the money changers of the day, so the international banking cartels, all the countries that are, you know, using, that you know, are backed by the U.S. dollar, essentially, you know, the, the European Union and, you know, all these countries that are getting U.S. munitions all the time and the U.S. military is there. And, and these countries are all occupied by U.S. military too. They all have military bases in Germany, and they're all over the place, or, you know, everywhere. I think we have uh, military bases in like 90% of the countries of the world or something crazy or, or or 80%. I don't remember the number, but it's always like they need to come up with an enemy, and Gaza, uh, that, that whole area Palestine, has just been a petri dish uh, used by, I believe, the Western governments, the Western financial resources, and a military-industrial complex to create um, these these people who are basically going to have no choice to either starve to death or fight back.
4: Well, what's the the best way to divide people? Is to, to attack religions and all you know. We got Christianity, you got Muslim first program, and in Judaism, all epicenter of the origins of right there. Well,
2: we've got more coming up. It's free talk live 603-283-6160. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. More coming up.
6: This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
2: 603 283 6160 is the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us. We already have a caller I'm going to get to in a second, um, but first I've got to tell you about Dash because this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their ChainLocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. Dash.org. And now, um, I didn't actually say who I am, so. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie.
3: Jay Noon. And Joa.
2: But I want to go straight to your phone calls and thoughts. We have Ed in utah ed wanted to call in and talk about um the same subject we were talking about israel so what's on your mind
7: uh ed okay thank you bonnie a few things here um i do want to talk about uh, you were bringing up uh the gulf of tonkin and then i'll get to israel okay. just a little fact that a lot of people don't know the admiral involved in this so-called gulf of tonkin was actually uh, the reporting admiral if you will was admiral morrison this is the father of Jim Morrison of the Doors. Whoa, Isn't that really interesting? Are you that's serious? Yes, it is. I'm dead serious. You can check it out. But I throw that in there because of uh, my kind of mantra here about the whole thing with Israel. I, um, I'm somebody that's on the far right, if you will. I've talked to you guys before, but I'm sure tracking with you on here. This is where the libertarians and small-R Republicans can come together if they're willing to look at the facts. Israel... Uh, with the Dariasi massacre, uh, took control of, Isra- of uh, Israel, of the Palestine area, when they blew up the King David Hotel in 1946, July. They killed 92 British diplomats, the Stern Gang and the Ergen gun gunrunners and all those people did that. They ran them out, uh, and then they launched this massacre and this uh, scare campaign to uh, take over half of what it was Palestine at the time. And so just kind of rambling along here, moving along, then you have the, after the Kennedy assassination, uh, a lot did change because Senator Kennedy in the 50s was, for the most part, kind of leading toward the Arab side under the under the paratard Agreement. But Senator Johnson, yeah, Lyndon Baines Johnson, uh, was somebody that Golda Meir had referred to as our little Texas friend. So you can see how things shaped up uh, uh, on the geopolitical at that time. And enter this, four years after the Kennedy assassination, you have the USS Liberty. And all the big controlled media right now talking about the Six-Day War in 1967. And they will not mention June 8th of 67, when the Israelis' brutal attack on the USS Liberty and killed 34 Americans, injured 171. They tried to sink the ship, except that Captain McGonagall kept it from uh, uh, sinking. And as such, he got a Congressional Medal of Honor, not given to him in the front uh, of the uh, White House lawn. No, back of the naval shipyard, Captain McGonagall. So when you see all that, and after the Kennedy assassination, how Mideast policy, U.S. Midi's policy changed 180 degrees. And so you start fast-forwarding to, forwarding to Ron Paul, who revealed on 08, as you guys have mentioned, uh, on the House floor, to finance and bring into being what is known as Hamas. And then one last little timeline here. In 2019, yeah, just ahead of COVID, uh, they had, uh, uh, what's his name, Netanyahu, had successfully in the Knesset argued to keep funding the Hamas because it was brought about, as Ron Paul said, folks, to uh, act as a counterweight uh, to Yasser Arafat and the uh, PLO, so to get kind of their own cat's paw within the uh, the movement. It does make sense. So um, uh, I have uh, looked into this and researched it for many years. The USS Liberty, June 8, 67, and uh, the Triparitard Agreement, and the um, the early massacres by the Israelis. So no, I don't track with them. Uh, they've never been held to account for killing 34 Americans.
2: Yeah, um, that's such with, a terrible With fighter one.
4: jets, too. It wasn't just like, you know, like shooting from another boat. It was... <laughs> Fighter jets, like they were vulnerable to the like highest degree. Like war
2: crime, right? Oh yeah. yeah,
4: oh yeah,
7: yeah. And also, when, when, uh, when uh, they threw the life uh, uh, boats out, when they finally thought they had a chance, and the Israelis were sitting back in the gunboats, Captain McGonigle said, "Don't jump into the lifeboats." They just threw uh, some out uh, on the water, empty. The Israelis, they had the binoculars, they knew it. They, but they couldn't see everybody. They didn't know who was in there. They opened fire. That it contravenes the the, the uh, Geneva Convention, of which Israel is not a signatory. Whoa. These people are a mini-state of terrorists, I'm I'm telling you, and the American Christian right needs to wake up to that fact.
2: Well, thank you for all of that. That's, oh my God, a bunch but, of information. You. I don't really even... Um,
4: I, I don't know I've, if the Christian right has to wake up. I think everyone needs to wake up. Well, but they
2: definitely need to also. But um, I, I just think that's so much information to take in. This guy's obviously been... Um, What's the so word? Researching it for a long time so that I can't follow it all, but I know uh, I was
3: able to follow it all. But yeah, I, I but, I, but the the I've key. heard it all those snippets I've heard before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, uh, except for the thing about Israeli gunboats uh, shooting once the uh, life, you know, life uh, lifeboats got down. I, I hadn't heard that one. I, before. I do vaguely remember that uh, from a sport well, documentary. A, a there's co- a
2: caller. Sorry, there's oh. a caller, a lady that calls in a lot still, and her her. Brother, her only brother, died on the USS Liberty. So that's yep. how I heard about it. She called in and was talking. About I, it.
3: I've heard her before. I got another comment about what he was saying. He refers to Israel as a mini terrorist state. That like guy said, "Well, let's not forget Israel's number one financial backer is the mega terrorist state. <laughs> yep. That is right. the United States. I mean, the United States spends more than like the top ten countries in the world combined on military." Yep. you know, maintaining this empire, but you know that's what you have to do in order to maintain faith in this money that you print out of thin air, so you can maintain, you know, control essentially over the world and half the world. You know, we got a lot, lot of places all over the world where you got a guy driving a two million dollar, you know, uh, supercar, and right next to him there's a homeless dude, you know, with his shopping cart, or you know, or or with just his you know, whatever he's got, is rags that he's wearing. And, and and you're starting to see a lot more of that. And that's because of this uh, fractional reserve banking. And another thing with Kennedy is uh, LBJ, uh, who success Kennedy, who was, um, you know, probably in on the whole Kennedy assassination. And my brother, actually, a lyric in one of his songs, uh, Josh Noon. and you know, Joshnoon.com is, is a website. I don't know if he runs anymore, but you can hear some of his music. But noon it, with an E at the end? Noon with an E. N-O-N-E. And, uh, anyways, my brother Josh, he's got a bunch of really cool original music that, uh, he wrote, you know, basically about corruption and government and stuff. And in one of the songs, uh, he talks about, and when Jack died, Johnson smiled inside. Uh, and what, what uh, Johnson did is one of the first things he did was he, uh, Took back executive order eleven eleven. I don't remember it now. It's like top. eleven oh 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 eleven
2: or yeah. something.
3: Well, basically, this was an executive order where uh, JFK made it so that the Federal Reserve Bank could not lend money at an interest rate to the United States. Hmm. And and then what happened is you had these greenbacks that he brought back also via that executive order. So you'll see a lot of nineteen, you know, sixty four. I believe it was uh, like uh, silver certificates. Right. And that was because JFK was actually bringing, had the Treasury issuing money instead of the Federal Reserve because the United States has the ability to issue actual money. Like this, this national debt could be paid off very easily. But uh, the uh, federal, actually doesn't even have to be paid off. You know, America and people just need to tell the Federal Reserve to screw off. We're not paying you. Yeah. Um, that's what really needs to happen. But anyways, uh, so Executive Order eleven eleven zero, 0 I believe it was, was... Uh, to uh that kennedy did to essentially strip the uh, federal reserve of essentially its influence and power was one of the first things that uh lbj uh reversed or repealed and just like when when biden came in you know we know president biden who's you know been basically a career pedophile uh trump had like this pedophile task force and that was one of the first things that biden shut down Hmm. was uh this pedophile task force child trafficking task force um and so yeah, we definitely um there I've always thought that believe that JFK was the last president actually duly elected by the people.
2: Hmm. I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, and I don't really know why that is exactly, but I know that Lyndon B Johnson, the guy who got to come in afterwards, got to be a part of the report, what do they call it? It's like with a W. The report that The Warren
3: report? Yeah, the Warren, Warren Commission. That got the to magic bullet theory. Explain
2: yep. <laughs> what happened. Explain it away. Oh,
4: Trump's gonna release that. Everyone vote for Trump. He's gonna release the Warren Report. Well, all right, Trump said, yeah. release the Warren Report. Didn't well,
2: He, he, not, well, here's he the thing. didn't
3: release the Warren Report. <laughs> Trump Trump proves the president has is basically not in power. Hmm. There was all kinds of things that he tried to do that he wasn't allowed to do, like get out of Syria, you know, he wanted to do to get out of Afghanistan, they wouldn't let him do it. Uh, and then, of course, when they have Biden do it, you know, because Bi- Biden, you know, if Biden was my grandfather, I'd take his keys away, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like, so they're using this guy, you know, they're they're abusing the the administration, the the deep state is abusing Joe Biden. They probably got him whacked out on all kinds of drugs to keep him moving or whatever. Who knows? And so now they got hit. You know, they 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 do this botch removal of Afghanistan and 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 then they dump billions of dollars of uh, you know, munitions and money into Ukraine. And now it looks like a lot of it's showing up in Palestine. Hmm. So they and the people who run the world, the people who own the world that we don't know who their names are. Uh, We just know who works for them, you know, media and big tech. And, you know, it's probably the A.I. that owns the world now. Who knows? Uh, But uh But yeah, algorithms certainly in control. It's got a lot of slaves, and uh, but these guys—they need a war. They need a because we're in a major financial meltdown right now that nobody's reporting on. We were in a major financial meltdown right before COVID, and they just with the stimulus created a whole bunch of money. So the powers that be, because there's a massive financial—you know—we're on a cliff of a massive financial meltdown. The powers that be. Uh, they they can kick off World War III. It'll just go into money printing yep. and money printing and this emergency stuff, and then we're gonna have rationing, and uh, it's gonna be really interesting uh, if they try to draft Americans.
4: So I'm gonna get a lot of haters that watch listen to this show, and I had a discussion last night and uh, with a friend of mine, but I believe that Bitcoin was created by the government, actually more like defense contractors and people within government, whatever. Um, and they did it to trade their value between other defense contractors.
2: But now, it's not but, even. But
4: why? But, but here's the question: no, here's Why the they did that?
2: It's not even private. I, I tell you why. Why would they do it if it's totally well, visible?
4: I. Th- that's also part of it, and this is. It's all part of it because it's traceable and all that stuff, right? But look who is the number one asset holder of Bitcoin right now. I don't know who is it. It's the, the government. government. Yeah. The government oh, it. So you know, you know that they planned this right now where we are of them the biggest holders of Bitcoin. You know that it was going to become a thing. They knew that it was going to be used for all the wrong things so that they could seize it and hold in their own assets and then I really believe that this is a, a huge wealth transfer and if you're st- in my opinion if you're still in Bitcoin right now, you're going to get what you deserve. Like I you're like it's part it's going to go down. I I feel like um, it is definitely, like, the biggest front in the crypto world, of course, because it's, like, the trender. But I don't—I think it's going to narrow down. I think it's the—I think it's the government coin. I think it's the uh, world-centralized currency. It's the world currency that they were always wanting to have, and they got it. And the only way they can control the markets— is to get involved, but to get involved, that means they had to start it in the first place. And if you look back in BitGold and how it was developed, it was all defense contractors. It really was. It it just makes sense And who is the one that continues wars. And and think about this. When it comes to the economy, uh, defense contractors, if they just shut down tomorrow, right, this country would just collapse, regardless if they just keep printing money. If they stop printing money tomorrow, right, and the defense contractors are still going to exist, but if the defense contractors just die out, we're done. This country's done. The upper middle class is what's feeding everybody, and they know that they need to keep this going while inflation's occurring, so they have to create a war to allow the defense contractors to rebuild so that the money flows further into this country. I really think this is all a staged
3: event. if If the defense contractors are done, I mean, you know, go kaput tomorrow, and the economy collapses... Um that's only a big deal because people have to pay property taxes in order to maintain on their properties. So it's because you have to pay property taxes that like you know would be a lot of hardship if the economy really collapsed and you didn't have all these taxes and rules and regulations and we could all just, you know, freely trade with each other amongst each other. The market would, you know, do its thing and we'd get along. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think I actually would love to see defense contracts just die tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I think I, that
2: what would happen is basically the the biggest right would be make sure you have guns because the poor people who don't have any sort of they don't have any food in their basement they don't have any skills or anything who just don't rely on the government to send them a check every month they'd start trying to kill people and take what's yours if you have a farm or whatever so that,
3: I, that's what happened in Russia the mm-hmm. uh, the masses of the incompetent um, people who were basically just doing what they were told by the government for a few generations under the communism Uh, as when it got to the point where they couldn't feed themselves anymore, they couldn't eat, uh, they basically just destroyed and, you know, any shops, uh, shopkeepers, any farms, uh, they marched out into the country and took whatever they could, you know, anybody who had anything of value was essentially stripped of it. And but that was a, essentially a, a society where you know you uh, you couldn't have any guns no at the guns. time. Nobody had guns. But what's going to be real real interesting is if they start drafting Americans for this World War yeah. III. These guys are trying like hell to start because
2: like most people won't do it, right? Don't oh you really? Think?
3: If you're in uh, tons of college
4: debt and they're not doing any debt relief, and you can't find a job in your career choice, and the government goes, "Oh yeah, oh we got that kind of job for you," Here. I just
2: don't think most people they're going to do, do it. it. Like uh, especially so, if well, it's like front lines like you're going to die.
3: I think the draft is not going to be like you've seen before. So, Hmm. so we could have a, so there, historically the draft is like, all right, every, every male 18 to what, 45 is, you know, to report here and we're going to come get you if you don't. Hmm. Well, first off, don't sign up for selective service, which I did not do. And nobody has to do. Hmm. There's no, no, nobody can make you put your signature on, you know, on any document, your signature is your property. So therefore you don't have to sign up for the selective service. And second, uh, so the military has gone woke. So to be attractive to the woke people and the, you know, so the colleges are churning out a whole bunch of woke people, a whole bunch of algorithmic slaves. I mean, literally, you know, and most anyone who goes to college for like medical, you know, any of this education stuff, um, just, you know, or get some kind of government job or whatever parasite, you know, economy thing they're looking to do. Is part of this cult of wokeism. It seems like best I can tell. So now, like Joe was saying, these guys got tons of debt. Uh, so I I just I met a family uh, uh, this summer. They have uh, two kids, and they both work for University of Vermont. Hmm. And they see me and my two kids, and our kids were about the same age. I'm sure their kids were vaccinated. Hmm. And we were at like an ice cream joint, and uh, this was uh, you know. At, over by the beach, and I was talking about. Well, you know, they're like, "Oh, we can't." but Your kids are only three, and this one's not even two, and he's talking like this, and he's mm-hmm. saying this thing. And you know, my son Cash is like, "Look at my motorcycle!" You know, he's telling these people, "Vroom, vroom." And you know, my daughter's. Yeah. You know, I,
2: whenever I heard your daughter speak at Pork Fest this year, I was like, "Whoa!" Like the last time I saw her, she it was too little to speak, I think. And then all of a sudden, she was saying long thought out sentences yeah
3: and, and my two-year-old son too he's like you know at, at 18 months old he's like you're driving down the road and there's an excavator on the side of the road he's like excavator wow. and my mom's like he says four syllable words and he's 18 months old that's crazy that's well the thing is with kids it uh is it is very very hard like so when you're born you pretty much have your your highest intelligence right there. Your most intelligence. You're you know so, sort of. You're born with all the intelligence you're going to get. It's very hard to increase intelligence, hmm. but it is actually pretty easy to reduce intelligence. I believe. And that and that. a lot of parents unknowingly reduce the intelligence of their children by malnourishment. Hmm. So when you see these seventy five pound four year olds, that's a malnourished kid. Hmm. Because or just like when you see you know three hundred and fifty pound thirty year olds, that's a malnourished. Adult, you know, yeah. they're they're eating all these empty calories. They're eating all this junk food,
2: and now they have all these <clears throat> toxins in and their fat cells.
3: All this stuff, all these bad things happening. So, what's happening with a lot of kids that are brought up in the woke culture? Is there that, you know, the kids are getting vaccinated. The parents are probably vaccinated while they were pregnant or before they were pregnant. They're giving their kids internet devices. A lot of these people, these people who work at University of Vermont, they both work there. They live in an apartment that costs them $3,000 a month. The
2: kids are probably in daycare. uh, The kids are in daycare.
3: The kids are vaccinated. The kids have their internet devices. The daycare requires the internet devices. Daycare is like subsidized by the college. And they were basically, so I was like, uh, they're like, wow, wh- how are your kids this advanced? I'm like, my kids aren't advanced. This is the way kids have been hmm. for years. Go look at any Amish family. This is the way their three-year-olds, three-year-olds are. My three-year-old was gutting chickens with me last week. We butchered 80-some-odd chickens. And we had a couple three-year-olds, a couple five-year-olds, a seven-year-old. And, they were all, and and some moms, we were all, you know, doing the chicken harvesting and you know they were they were into it they were learning about it we had a guy come um uh Ian Underwood of uh, Bardo Farm he came and he taught us all about the chicken anatomy and how to butcher a chicken it was really good and the the kids were into it so the thing is 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 uh, so the college people, the people, the career college people who basically have been in some kind of mind control, you know, government indoctrination uh, for their entire brain development life, you know, twenty some odd years, yeah, are broke. You're you're, you're uh, segueing to what I was actually yep. thinking about uh, Go before it, you were over. talking.
4: Uh, um, is that it doesn't matter if they're fat. It doesn't matter if the they're stuck behind computer screens. You know why? I just uh, sent it to the news prep chat over there, mm. but um. I believe the future of warfare, and we haven't really seen it yet with this new war, is robots. Yep. And so, when, and and this is going to be a scary part, is because I think the kids are already just so used to warfare and the video games and that sort of thing. They're like kind of desensitized and they got some skills, I tell you that. Right. But you really look at it, they're going to be sitting down in front of a computer and they already have the drones, you know, flying over and bombing and they're doing it all remotely. But what I'm a f- really scared of is that the kids are not going to know they're actually bombing real people. Oh, you they, mean they're like gonna... in the movie Ender's Game? You remember? Did you see that movie? <sighs> it's been a while. But But what I'm saying is like, I believe that you're going to have live feeds of like of the ground or from the perspective of the robots that are actually there on the battlefields, like actual battlefields but the kids are going to be looking on the screen and they're going to be said, oh, this is just training.
2: Yeah, but people and are gonna already... And they're
4: going to think it's virtual I reality. I think people
2: are sociopathic enough that they would kill people with a robot. Oh, they sure. already do that with drones.
4: Yeah, so, but they, I don't think they're going to have to be told it's real people. They're going to so, be told it's a simulation and they're just going to do it because they're, why told, would, they're the told they're training. The people we're
2: telling them would be the ones who get that karmic reaction and they know that karma is real, so they want people to be doing this of their own accord. That's what I believe. So, so, so there's
3: plenty of unhinged algorithmic slaves yeah. who are absolutely willing That's to, do, what I think. To, to do violence. I
2: don't think they'd have to be tricked.
3: So I don't think they have to be tricked either. But mm-hmm. the ones that have to be tricked, they can go to a different area. Now, they're all going to be probably doing this remotely from home. So they'll be zooming into work for war. <laughs> and they'll be so they're broke. They're living in apartments that are, you know, tremendously overpriced. Their kids are being indoctrinated and, you know, they're not getting, you know, mommy, daddy time. They're not learning. They're not earning their dopamine hits from, you know doing things that children should be doing, which is like interacting with, you know, farm animals as far as I'm concerned and being outside and playing in the dirt and in the grass and climbing trees and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. They're probably not getting read books read to them because, you know, daycare, they want you to have an actual Internet device for your kid. Mm-hmm. And so when the the new draft is going to start off as, well, we will defer, defer all your college debt and we're going to pay you this amount of money and give you a housing allowance and give you health care, to come be in the woke military because the only people who are going to be in a position to where they have massive college debt are basically these woke people and they're living in these crappy apartments who can't get who can't get the jobs when they get out the ones that right. have fan, like you know all different colored hair yep exactly because <laughs> they went I'm for like saying. gender
2: studies studies or something yeah like something that doesn't like equal a job um we didn't really get to all of your guys' calls in that segment because there wasn't really a time to stop
4: It was good. saying chatting. what we are
2: talking about. Exactly. So 603-283-6160. If you're on the phones, just hold after this break. Um, don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live.
6: Hi, I'm Derek ji don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict, or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Eric J.'s Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com.
1: Free Talk Live.
2: Control 603-283-6160 is the number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us. 603-283-6160. And with this with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie,
4: Jay, and Joa.
2: And I wanted to take a second to thank Jessica, who's a platinum member of the Amplifier program. Amplifier stands for Amplify Amplify, Market, Promote, and Support Free Talk Live. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. So thank you, Jessica. We really appreciate it. Um, If you sign up, you'll get some perks for signing up. And you'll also be able to help us spread our message on the air. we were going to finish up this article that Jay was talking about, a reading, that talks about this guy who shot up a bowling alley in a bar in Maine. And how his co-workers with the Federal Reserve... I mean, uh, the Army Reserve, they already knew that he was crazy. His son knew he was crazy. So, Jay's got more on that.
3: So, yeah, this is from the Daily Mail, dot uh, C-O-U-K. Um, <clears throat> so, the the article goes on, uh, like, there's a quote here. I it says, uh, I dropped him off. He was concerned his weapons were still in the car. He still has all the weapons. In another... And these are text messages. He said, "I think he's going to snap and do a mass shooting." These are the guys, the Army reservist, uh, text messages. A text messages recording here. The sergeant sur- reported his fears to a supervisor, who then notified sheriff's deputies with the Ke- uh County Sheriff's Office. But the only thing that was done to stop Card was a File Six alert sent out police sent out to police departments across the state. That went largely ignored. Hmm. Deputies went to his home to try to speak with him twice, but were unsuccessful. And on October 18th, exactly a week before the massacre, the fi- file six alert was canceled. I got a little comment about deputies going there only twice because when they wanted to come talk to me and my wife
1: hmm.
3: about allowing my daughter to sleep for a short time, about 20 minutes in a the car. The, the police came multiple times, several times a day. Until mm. we talk to him, so, uh, yeah, it, well, so yeah. Well, you know, there's double standards. Uh, it has been described to him as a, uh, alarmed and dangerous, telling police to exercise caution if they came across him. Maine state police have washed their hands of the tragedy, saying that they're not responsible for the alert or responding to it. Now the families of some of those killed are demanding answers to why police did not do more to stop CARD when they had a chance. Because
2: they have no duty to protect you.
3: As as according to the Supreme Court and a whole bunch of state courts. Yep. He should have never been out to run free. He had threatened and threatened. They can't wash it away Uh, saying we did all we could, Leroy Walker, whose son was among those murdered, told CBS. I mean, you know, it would be really terrible for, you know, uh, this... Tragic opportunity for the state to gain more power to go to waste. Uh, so one interesting thing in here, it says, Card, 40, told his son he was convinced people were calling him a pedophile behind his back. His brother said his mental health troubles became worse with his hearing aids. So is anybody familiar with these modern hearing aids, how they're connected directly to Bluetooth? Like, I got a friend that, like, if That's I... fascinating. That she wears hearing aids, and if I call her, it you know... The, the phone call goes directly to her hearing aid. She, I had never
2: heard that of She streams her this.
3: Spotify to her hearing aid. Whoa. Um, you know, because it's all controlled by the phone. And we also know that there is technology where they can send a, a sound wave, direct it to your um, whatever bone vibrates in your yep. e- in your eardrum or your ear, and it will literally sound like God is talking to you in your head. Oh, that's so so, scary. so we know that... And so I know, I am very convinced that... Th- AI, the algorithm, for example, knows who the pedophiles are long before the pedophiles know they're pedophiles because
2: of you know algorithms because people, of th- their search and history because
3: data harvesting yeah the fact that they can compile all this stuff every time that you you know put a comment or a like on whatever social media whatever type of girl you you click on or like for your porn experience or, or your Um, you know, OnlyFans or whatever. This whole—they're programming the kids with pornography with this like barely eighteen teen pornography. These, you know, and like you know, a lot of the college. Like there was a study done where these this professor was trying to like come up with college boys who you know masturbate to porn, Mm -hmm. um, which was not a problem because they all do, and he couldn't come up with a control of college boys that didn't use pornography and this was like a you know 2004 study a guy was trying to do you know some college in california to like study the effects of essentially pornography on the brain uh which is you know really bad actually and uh so anyways when when uh you know so now all these you know eight nine ten eleven year old kids got a smart device in their phone and, you know, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids, boys especially, are susceptible to being sexually programmed hmm. because that hormone it's, are starting to come into their body. They're, you know, they're basically starting to, you know, get sexually frisky because they're, you know, that's, that's, um, they're, uh, you know, it's puberty. that You know, that's what happens. Um, so, you know, with adolescent bulls of any species and, uh, you know, they get rude, they get aggressive. But now you have the internet device programming them to what their sexual desire is, and I believe that this is another element of the pedophilia issue. I, in this I can country. tell you
4: how it's how it's programming, and you can just easily anyone can just go on Facebook right now, and when you're scrolling, okay, and if you have your camera revealed, okay, I'm not trying to help out bad people here, but what I'm saying is, is like when you're scrolling through Facebook and it's showing you ads, provocative ads. That, like they know when you slow down and look, yeah. but also the camera is looking at your eyes and it's seeing what, like, are you reacting? What's your facial expression? Are your eyes gravitated to that portion of the screen? They know this. They know all that. That's data collecting, all that stuff. So when you're scrolling through Facebook, yeah, you better believe once you're, oh, oh that's a sexy girl, right? And then you go, let's go keep scrolling. And then another, like,
3: they they will give you predictive things to see. Yep. They, they will stimulate these sexual desires, especially in young men.
2: There was this time the captain was talking on the show, so I don't feel bad sharing it, um, and he was saying that Twitter kept suggesting to him these pictures of, like, women in bikinis, like, hot women in bikinis who were holding fish that they've just caught. He was like, right. I'm right. not mad about it. I just keep getting these pictures popping up.
3: Yeah, and, and it probably stimulates something if you're into fishing and, and yeah. you know, hot women. And most men are I, – I, I believe this is why we really need to be keeping, you know, kids off internet devices and young boys off internet devices. And then we, you have the whole other programming of, you know, the feminist stuff. The You know, the girls are all like, oh, I need to wear all this makeup and I need to do those crazy stuff to my face and my hair and my butt and my boobs. And, mm. you know, because, uh, like, they want to look like the Instagram or filter or the Snapchat like, filter and all I'm this stuff.
2: I'm actually – I'm, like, pretty – certain that kim kardashian's big butt was just to make it to where women think it's okay to be fat
1: yeah it's because gross
2: women just decide oh i'm gonna be a little overweight because guys like that guys don't like skinny girls healthy girls girls guys like girls that are essentially fat because you don't get a big butt in a tiny waist without surgery unless you're just like i don't know really extremely quote-unquote lucky i don't like big butts but you're just gonna become fat and then People are going to be telling you like that's what guys like because that's what guys think they like because the internet told them so because Kim Kardashian or whatever.
4: I don't. I don't think but it's just bat. about sexualization of people. I think it's about marketing. So like, let's hmm. just say an ad has a hot chick on it, right? But there's a really nice sports car in the back, and if you're more interested in sports cars, they'll see your eyes gravitate to the sports car, and then you keep scrolling. Guess what? Now they're going to show you car ads. You see how this works? It's okay if you if you looked at the. The hot chick's boobs and the camera saw you gravitate your eyes to the boobs. Guess what? You keep scrolling. They're going to
3: show you more boobs. You know I, what I mean? I got a friend who's he's a like a computer techie guy and his son's a teenager. And he's so he's like going through like history. The, the history on the Wi-Fi network and all this stuff. And he's, like a bad idea. And, he's, and he's like, he was like disturbed that his son was being pushed like porn By the algorithm uh, that was essentially, you know, a lot of this like young girl type porn to sort of he feels it was a sort of program the desire of, you know, young girl, childish type, you know, into, you know, the brain. Hmm. Because because whatever is being, you know, sexually put in front of, say, a 13, 14 year old boy is probably what they're going to desire when they're older so like Mm -hmm. a lot of traditionally a lot of you you know men you know are are, you know desire someone that's like their mom because Mm -hmm. their mom was essentially the the uh you know the the image or maybe definitely with me it was a babysitter when I was a teenager like Mm -hmm. I am very attracted to that type of type of woman and I thought she was really hot and (laughs) pretty much everybody I mean I had I had I had definitely had a hot babysitter who was really nice
4: yeah but see that's a that's a prolonged experience with the younger woman not you're not like you know what i mean so you had interactions with this person so you kind
3: of develop a crush developing this you know image in your brain of who you would want to be with yep so uh uh and and a funny thing is is my stepmom's like oh you know my wife Looks a lot, a lot like this babysitter I had when I was a kid, and Uh-oh. I didn't even think about it until my stepmom said, you know, the, mentioned it one day. When there's a whole channel of uh, porn that for crazy. that, <laughs> I'm, there's a whole channel of porn for anything. Yeah, uh, that's right.
1: true, probably
3: because it's it's a really good motivator. It's a good stimu- it, it, it it stimulates very well. It grabs attention. Uh, there's a you know, so there's a lot of marketing money to be made out of, and there's a lot of programming that can happen with it. And the programming is a real, real big problem. Mm-hmm.
2: One thing that I think is so weird. Is there was this TV show, and I was telling my little sister about this last night because she's four years younger than me, but she doesn't remember this TV show, and I do. Do either of you have either of you ever heard of the TV show Out of Canada? I think they played it on Nickelodeon that was called Life with Derek. No. Well, it was about Uh, a girl and and boy who were the same age, and their parents got married, so they became stepbrother and sister. And by the end of it, they're like flirting, and it's like a will they, won't they situation, and they're a stepbrother and sister. And that is, like, always talked about on, like, memes about, like, people who are, like, my age or, like, how weird was it that we were, like, served this TV show that was encouraging people to, like, flirt with their stepbrothers and sisters, and that's a whole porn category, and everything like that and i just find that really weird Like, i mean in the argument
4: that. just just for the sake of argument uh you know i think they were just trying to hit a target audience like but it's it's there becoming really one? That's, well that's not creepy. not so much a sexualization of it i would you know just for argument's sakes i don't know if that's really what they were going for but like you know nowadays you know even when that show came out there was a lot of there's still a lot of divorce going on so there's a lot of remarrying going on so there's mm-hmm. a lot of you know Half-brothers and sisters, uh, stepsisters and stepbrothers. You know, these things are occurring more and more uh, nowadays
3: than they ever have. So if if you're a teenage boy, you basically want to screw everything. Mm. And so at this time, another thing that you need to learn is, you know, some self-control, you know, discipline, uh, which which is not happening with the, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, city urban liberal types who are being raised by the Internet. You see, there's not much self control on these college campuses with these guys, you know, freaking oh, out and going crazy. And you have
4: no idea. Yeah,
3: there, there's no right. You're saying there's. Oh just, my god, it's they're lacking self control like, and so bad.
4: I so, mean, look here, even here in Keene, uh, any Keene locals would say the same thing about what? uh it, it's freezing cold out, yet all these kids are wearing skimpy clothes. Oh, just, my I sister I mean, they're was eighteen, 19, the 20, day. but
2: my sister was saying this the other day that, but she moved here from alabama she's not from alabama but that's where she lived last and so she thinks it's really cold here right now even though it's just in like the 40s sure. but on halloween she was like it was so cold and i kept seeing all these teenage girls walking by in like fishnets i was like it's
4: it, it halloween. Would, but- honestly like because i go cop watching and stuff uh and the friday saturday night uh before halloween, Holy cow, there was there were so many provocative outfits. It was yeah. just unusual. I've never mm. seen it. I've never seen this before.
2: One thing that I've noticed about the Kansas and State kids is they all dress exactly the way TikTokers do. Like, they're all yeah. copying the same exact look. And it's like, how could you possibly think? It's obvious. Like, I don't have to talk to them to know that they're dressing in this way because they think it makes them look different, edgy, cool. But they're all doing the same exact thing. So how do they not realize, oh, wait, this doesn't make me different. We're so- all doing the same different goth look or whatever. I don't know
3: how a TikToker looks like when they dress because I don't watch I don't, that. Yeah. either. <laughs> but, <laughs> if, but if you, Bonnie, if, if, if there was a, a picture that you could bring up and show yeah. me because, so I got a little bit of a cultural shock going trick-or-treating with my kids the other night. Hmm. So we went to this uh, community in town where like everybody just decks out their houses yeah. and it's like trick-or-treating and it's really cool and people have like a haunted house where you can walk through and it was, it was actually pretty, it was, it was fun. Uh, but there was a lot of, like, young girls uh, uh that were, like, you know, kind of dressed up, you know, kind of slutty. And mm-hmm. when I say young girls, like, there was some that I'm like, she's, like, 10. Whoa. And she's got, like, this little short, short skirt on, dressed up like, um, you know, a skimpy cheerleader. And it was like a... And I, um, and so I was talking with, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was somebody that was kind of walking with me and, you know, he had a couple of kids too.
2: See that? Like, it's like goth, slutty.
4: You know, like sexy Halloween costume.
2: I'm not even talking about Halloween. I'm talking about how they always dress. Like, this is how, like, I can tell when I see someone dress like this, that they're dressing like everybody else dresses on TikTok, like big eyeliner, um, Eagle. Oh, yeah.
4: that's the thing is like no one's genuine. Like, exactly. like, like Bonnie you're not. I don't know if you're wearing any makeup right now, but you look very natural, right? Like I
2: wear some makeup, yeah.
4: But it's it's not overtelling, right? Like it's yeah. it's you're not like have a pound of it. Like these, I think like they call them prostitutes. <laughs> like, prostitutes. Like, pre- like yeah,
3: like. <laughs> like Fox News anchors and stuff. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Prestitutes. <laughs> yep. Well,
3: yeah, because um, girls like desire attention. That's another thing, too. When girls are like sexually developing, going through pu- puberty, uh, one of the things that they very much desire is the attention. And one of the forms of attention that they can get very easily is Instagram, Snapchat, yes, you know, yep. the comments, the like. And when they start getting these likes and all these praising, praising they' this earning this dopamine hit. And then what happens is somebody says something mean to them. And it's it's and and it actually translates to a lot of these girls when they get said something mean uh, via instant uh, Instagram or you know or whenever you, these social media platforms, it's like it, it it's like somebody walked up to them and punched them in real life. Hmm. You know, sort of the way they react to this, and and this is also why the suicide rate among teenagers has like ramped up huge, especially during a scamdemic when they were basically isolated Locked to their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, this and, and a few of those pictures you saw. So I saw some girls sort of dressed up like that at trick-or-treating. But, like, the, the way I saw, so, like, my 10-year-old is not going to be dressing like that. No freaking way. And that was and like, sort of, like, my commentary walking around. I was what, a little disturbed. One of
4: my favorite costumes, and it was just, like, I, I think... I'm not, like, attracted to it, but, like, I like Wednesday. Oh. I like her... I like her demeanor. I like her character. And when she's I saw funny. people dressed up as that, I was, like, appreciative that, like, all right, you know good TV. <laughs> could, but could you see the bottom of her butt cheeks? No, no. Wednesday is, like, kind of prude. She's kind of, okay. like, you know... She's, she
2: doesn't like anyone else. She has, like, <laughs> yeah. pants or
4: a long skirt or maybe, you know, it's leggings like she barely had a crush, you know, on her TV show. But, like, you know, it was... I just, why do you got to make, like, if someone took Wednesday and made her sexy, like, no. No, that's completely because, opposite of what Wednesday
3: was supposed to be. Wednesday's not advertising for the attention, right? She wants to be left alone. That's kind of like her, like, right, thing. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, her shtick, yeah.
2: From what I gather, I've honestly not seen any, Great any of Great show. That. You got to watch it. Yeah, not seen any of it. I, but I still know what you're talking about just because lots of people are into it right now because the movie came out about it, about her. Um,
3: but but when it comes to control and mind control, I mean it's essentially the kids are being programmed like crazy. Like the algorithm knows who these people are that are gonna that are capable of being pushed to do this crazy stuff, and 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 I'm sure that the FBI knows who these people are and conveniently either helps them along or lets them do it or keeps an eye on them or makes a confidential informant out of them or, you know, gives them a little incentive to do more. Maybe they, you know, they, they do something a little wrong and, well, let's just let this guy get away with it. So he takes, you know ooh, I stole a candy bar today and, you know, tomorrow I'm going to steal a thing of vodka and then, you know, now I'm going to steal a car, you know, now I'm going to go rob a bank, you know, because every time you get away with a little bit of something, I mean, just look at the Hunter Biden timeline of all of his photos and his Pornhub stuff and, mm. you know, whatnot, because he's constantly been allowed to get away with it. So you essentially allow this psychopath to develop that can get away with things. And when your intent is to have, you know, um, a generation of people like this in 20 years, just start with the infants. And I I really think that's what... And yeah, is the algorithm capable of doing that if a parent's going to put an internet device in front of the kid?
4: Yeah, I want to counter this whole, like, horrible, you know, sexualization. Uh, And it it might require going to the porno websites. But hang (laughs) on a second. It's a great way to spread like freedom messages <laughs> but i haven't done it personally myself but like if you were to upload uh videos like you know
3: documentaries and stuff to these porn sites I see. um it it might get some attention well there was a thing where people were uploading so like OnlyFans fans or some only fans like stuff where people is like not porn you know it's like documentaries or you know educational stuff uh there's also uh they were talking about like when You know, YouTube and Twitter and all these Facebook are, you know, shadow banning and, you know, censoring all of this stuff. People are like, all right. I'm just going to set up a Pornhub account, and I'm just going to start putting all my videos on Pornhub. Yeah, Even-
4: I think I think the Free Talk Live should start doing this. Yeah,
3: that Jeff, would be funny. Jeff 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 Browick was like, yeah, he's like, I'm putting my uh, I got kicked off of YouTube, so now I'm uploading to Pornhub. All of his, you know, <laughs> and it's like when I talk talks. about
2: the the like TikTok girls, I get put in such a weird, awkward position because it's like I'm not saying anyone should not be able to wear a lot of makeup, especially if right, it's right. like the thing that is just a fun creative outlet to them it's just don't let yourself be controlled like yeah. everyone having the same exact style is yeah. not being unique it's and gray
4: it's, it's everyone's boring, boring. right and, and and we're not saying you're bad people we're not saying that you know you're not you're, you're nice a lot of these people that i run into in keen that are dressed this way they're nice you know they're not like mean or anything um uh, i don't know it's it's not a problem what i've noticed Except when they start drinking
3: things get weird hmm. i mean what the, i've noticed city. about the excessive makeup women is they generally lack confidence hmm. and so people who lack confidence uh when they get a little loose they start drinking like you're about to say uh you so you start looking at those people sort of lack confidence when they start getting getting when they start drinking they sort of get, you know, a little liquid confidence, hmm. a little liquid bravery, as, uh, you know, one of my friends used to refer to, it. oh, he got some liquid, liquid bravery in him, he's ready to fight, you know? Hmm. So they start getting catty, they start getting snappy and vicious, I, just like you were going to say. Right? So I actually don't like that reference for alcohol.
4: And I like this new reference that uh, I've been talking to my f- a friend of mine uh, regarding what alcohol's purpose is. And I think what alcohol does is it brings out what you want to be when you're not drinking. And it also will That's make you... That's what your- it brings out. It brings out like you. All right. Makes so when you, when you start drinking, you get sexualized, right? You like start flirting with people more. That's what you want to do when you're sober. You just can't do it because you don't have the guts to mm. do it. So you have Possibly. to drink to do it. No. And, and I think everyone has these different avenues where drinking funnels that that drive for need, whatever that need is. It's not so much. Maybe courage is one of them. Right? There, there's
2: yeah. a, a theory that like drunk drinking doesn't do anything and everybody just starts behaving a certain way. But six zero three two eight three six one six zero. there's more coming up. It's free talk live.
8: The crimes of the state. The Lutheromania. <laughs> the insatiable <laughs> desire for freedom. The crimes of the state from day through
6: 12th grade. They're talking. Taught-
8: it's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickAss.com.
2: you control 603-283-6160 That's the number you can call to get in on the conversation with us. 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie,
4: Jay, and Joa.
2: And we have been talking about well, lots of different subjects tonight, but we started talking about the idea of if there's another draft, what will that look like? What will the next World War 3 look like? Because in my opinion, I just don't think they could do it the traditional way that they used no. to. Like people just, oh, come sign up to go grab a gun and go to the front lines and get shot at. I don't think that they could find enough people who want to do that.
4: Those are the uh, the people that are going to be doing that are the ones on the ground uh, that are like protecting their homeland or, or their homes. Uh, so what you're seeing like well, like the thing Gaza, is, Israel, you'll see more of that.
2: I just mean American. Like,
3: right. Well, yes. well, here's one one problem here in America. Right now... We have uh, an epidemic of single men Hmm. uh, that are, you know, of entire age, you know, span uh, of men that, you know, should be, you know, have a woman or wife or whatever. Uh, And then we have an epidemic of um, uh, women over 35 years old that don't have any children. Hmm. So uh, like Andrew Tate was talking uh, uh, on something I was listening to him about. He was talking about all these men that don't have any children. So like one of the things that happens in some of these Middle Eastern countries these Muslim countries is you have these, you know, top tier, you know, top 5%, you know, here in America, we call them F boys, hmm. you know, on Tinder, the one that, you know, 80% of the women are, you know, hooking up with on Tinder, you know, oh my God, the 5%. Yeah. Um, so what's happening in these Muslim countries, you get guys that have, you know, 10, 20, 30 wives. And then you have a whole bunch of men that ain't getting no woman. And they ain't got no ladies. And what's happening? And, and what are those guys good for? War. Hmm. think you know. So so we have an epidemic, a loneliness epidemic of men in this country. That's like a fact. And we have uh and and you have so a whole bunch of men that first off aren't even interested in women hmm. because you know they're not interested in losing half of their stuff that they've earned. They're not interested in the aggravation. They're not interested in. You know, um, you know, all the possible bad things and negative things that could come with being in a relationship that are really being pushed by the algorithm to the young folks.
2: Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff. If you go on Twitter where you would just think the worst of each sex because you right. see like this just these people are probably robots or not real people or feds going on there pretending to be a woman saying all this terrible thing uh, or all these like vapid things and then men are seeing that and they're like wow I just I can't get with a modern woman and then uh, the other way around like um people who are pretending to be men probably robots or um feds or something like that and they're going on there and they're like yeah I only I'm a you know shallow blah 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 this and that and, and then people go on the internet and when they don't go talk to real people they just think wow I can't even get with a nowadays type of guy even though it's mostly true instead
4: of like dwelling on this dark side about uh what is attractive and what should be attractive i would say actually well let me take the back i i want to talk about what is attractive and i'm gonna tell you what attractive to me is that uh a woman that is eating naturally foraging food uh knows how to farm uh and like you know does the natural thing doesn't wear makeup or a ton of it just you know not excessive just someone that is, you know, understanding of this earth and not addicted to uh, that junk, like hmm. TikTok. Yeah. No no offense, but like, you know... I'm
2: not addicted to TikTok.
4: <laughs> I didn't say you were. What? I just don't use TikTok in, at all because it's a oh. Chinese corporate-owned thing. I uh, No, thank you.
2: I don't find it so addictive as other people my age. I guess that's something about me that makes me sa- seem more millennial than Gen Z. But... um it's just not that got, addictive to me. But you
3: have a fulfilling life. Exactly. You you have like when when you when you're done at the end of the day and you're tired and you go to sleep, you know, you've done a bunch of tasks, you've done a bunch of things, you're probably thinking about maybe some tasks you need to do tomorrow and mm-hmm. and and you're thinking about your accomplishments of today. You're you got a dopamine hit from your accomplishments. I've watched mm-hmm. you a couple of times now like figure some things out. On your own, you like sort of figure some things out. Uh, with free know,
1: talk j- live, just
3: here in the studio, and, yeah. and 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 I see this little smile on your face, like you got a little dopamine hit because because <laughs> you <laughs> figured it out. I, and Joe has probably seen it too, uh, you know. Well, so, I feel like you're describing me a little bit too, and how I feel when I have success. And, yeah, oh, I, I see it with a lot of people who actually have like you know things to do.
2: Me and Joe will get our dopamine hits from Robin Hooding.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> like, uh, like like, I like need that to too. More, but. but but to back up a little bit, what I was talking about with all these single men be- out there that aren't interested in being family men, because men are really only good for two things, raising a family and fighting. Hmm. And men who are family men and raising a family, they are not interested in going to war. No. Uh, And men who don't have a family and don't have children are easily convinced to go to war compared to a man that doesn't have children. And that's going to be hard to understand for people who don't have kids. I I have kids, so you know i i'm not interested in going to war how many homeschoolers do you see sign up to go to war none mm. <laughs> you know what i mean
4: it's only these kids that go to public schools and uh the public school system
3: yeah and and even like in these in these school systems they have like you know the military in there all the time yep. i know when i was in high school it seemed like every friday that these you know these guys were recruiters you know we're down there and it was always like some jacked good-looking tall man and some very good-looking woman Hmm. is always what it seemed to be and of course you know the woman was definitely very attractive to me and all my friends and i can remember guys in school being like oh my girlfriend's looking at that jarhead over there you know because of course they're jealous because you know they were programmed to be jealous somehow by camo
4: catches the eye and no, i'm just kidding <laughs> oh, well they're all uh, Are
3: a, a, man, a man in uniform you know i can right, remember some right. of the girls Look professional he yeah. looks he's got a job already oh my god he's got you know and, it's and, and then every now and then the guys would show up all tactical like oh you can be in a tactical unit so the real authoritarian psychopath kids were like they were really oh i want to be like you with all that tactical gear hmm. but the thing is is the dra- The idea of getting. They probably wouldn't have to have a draft like they had, like in Vietnam. Like literally, my dad did not sign up for selective service, and the football coach uh, took the entire football team. In like this was in the seventies, early seventies. I don't know what year he graduated high school. Like maybe it was like seventy-five he graduated. But so like he had friends that had seventeen. Like there was a couple of families in town that had boys that were gonna that were like sixteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. and they just moved to Canada.
1: Hmm. Because they yeah. had
3: the money, so they were able to buy a place in Canada. They went to Canada. they were like, "Yeah, we're just going to live in Canada." Um, and because Canada doesn't have a draft, and you know, my kid's going to go to you know Vietnam or you know, and get you know, come back in a body bag or you know, come back hooked on heroin yeah. uh, or whatever. I mean, that was the real or deal.
2: Completely traumatized. All, all
3: that stuff. It was just to destroy you know um, you know uh, Americans because America was you know too good of a country. I'd destroy it. So send there. Their their children to war and send them back home screwed I've up seen and messed up my own family yeah, you me know too. so it's right after said. right after basic training they're like hoorah super straight
4: you know like soldier and then they go to war come back completely
3: different come back mm-hmm. opium addicts heroin addicts or uh, just traumatized uh, yep like, you know, alcoholics
2: my grandpa he was ordered to do things that he like can't believe that he did but he did them anyway and he's just been messed up his entire life like he. Yeah. I don't want to like get into it. It's not my, my story to tell. Like, sure. It's kind yeah, of that's why I'm not probably mentioning embarrassing him But it's messed up his life so much that he's just still completely messed up to this day. Like, he got divorced immediately when he got back. It ruined my mom's life because of that. Hmm. And he's just, like, not a normal person because of it. he's never lived a normal life. He's been homeless a lot.
3: I think your grandfather's story is your story to tell. Hmm. Because you have inherited that that trauma, your your hmm. mom inherited that trauma. She was injured by this. Yeah, you know she had a lot of things, and and maybe uh, that made your mom stronger. And it's you know the reason, part of the reason you're sitting here in this chair today. You know, not drinking, not drugging, not you hmm. know. Doing duck face photos, you know, <laughs> to your premium, you know, OnlyFans account, yeah, you know, um, and uh, you know, so and 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 why you have gratitude and you have a purpose in life, hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's multiple reasons, but those kind of stories do need to be told, uh, so people can understand why, mm-hmm. like like Adam Kocash was really good at like this anti. Um, recruiting he would do. There's got to be some videos of him doing it somewhere. That's but, grooming. Um, what, anti-recruiting is grooming?
2: Oh, no, the other way around. Just recruiting oh, people yeah. from war yes. is grooming. It's
3: how yeah. grooming. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so we, we could have a situation in this country where they do like a voluntary draft and, and incentives and there's a whole bunch of single men just willing to go to war. Yeah, but
4: I don't mm-hmm. want the government stealing money from me to pay for their sort of... Uh, these promises they make financially in all oh, kinds sure. of ways like it's wrong it's wrong right. that's nh exit um but <laughs> yeah nh right.
3: exit's a really good idea we need to stop funding war we want to be able to trade with uh i mean how cool would it be if we could just buy oil from iran right wouldn't yeah. that be awesome buy
2: anything you want from anyone all sure. over the country or the world it's just so it, that's one of the things that can i want to burn iranian to my
3: diesel fuel
4: I, in my truck i just, I just want to mention the what is the test asvad
2: Yep, ASVAB. ASVAB.
4: I, uh, I just remember that in high school, like, they were trying to force us to take the test. And and I never like, took it. I'm like, whoa, is this going to affect our grade? Because we didn't study for this, right? I, I was asking these questions. Um, not that I was, like, you know, any much freedom aware mm. where a public schools. neither. I just but, didn't want to take it. But yeah, I was just thinking, I
3: was just questioning the fact that, damn, do we have to take another test? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know why they pushed all those tests so hard?
2: Why?
3: Because the... Uh, the companies that issued the tests, like, so the Palmer School District in 1996 for that, I believe it was called ASVAB test. Uh, I was a sophomore. They're like, you have to take this test. And so my father actually did a uh, right to know, rec- well, public records request is what it's called, Massachusetts, for the uh, for who's the company issuing this test.
2: When you were in high school? Yeah,
3: and also who, um, you know, because they're like, you're not going to get a diploma you get a certificate of attendance, is what they were saying.
2: Wait, the, sorry, just to make sure. You mean the ASVAB as in the one that you have to take to to get into the military?
3: Well, it's a placement test.
2: Yeah, placement oh, test. Oh, ASVAB
3: is a military test. Yeah, there's so also I'm, different ones so that are- I think this one was called an MCAS test. Mm. That yeah, sound right? it sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm thinking. But anyways... MCAV, I thought. Whatever, but I don't know I, what I don't the know. test was, but they wanted you to take it as an eighth grader they wanted you to take it as a sophomore they wanted you to take it as a senior
2: i had all kinds of different ones like mine was called star at one point
3: yeah actually there was a star test too so anyways my dad did one of the i remember the star thing and there was MCAS, some other. but they basically every state probably call something different but what it was it was some contractor some company, some really? private company got like, like... A defense contractor? Well, I forget what the contract is. Data was collecting
4: contract? So what? No,
3: it was money collection from the taxpayers oh. because what <laughs> they would do for each test they, they would complete, they would get like $400 from the school district a few thousand dollars from the Department of Education, a couple hundred dollars from here. So basically, per student, it turned out to like five or six grand. Hmm. And, and you know, Palmer had, I don't know, each, each you know, it was like 500 kids in a high school or something. I graduated with 96 kids in, you know, 1998. But, uh, so they got you know several hundred thousand dollars is essentially dumb taxpayer money <laughs> uh no, I was just well, we had a tech school and a high school, so half the kids basically went to the tech school, yeah. so the classes were small and we weren't mm-hmm. a big town um but the the uh the amount of money these private contractors got to issue these tests to basically you know pass out a twenty five cent piece of paper that you filled dots in and then run it through an imaging device. You know, to uh, and then give a result. Uh, it was it was thousands of dollars per student. Oh come on! Twenty years ago, and this added up to like millions of dollars. You know, per student. Mm. I mean, per, you know, per school district. And this is the reason your property taxes are extremely expensive because of the school districts and the Department of Education and the state is you know paying for these tests just to launder money to these corporations. And It's been going on for a very long time.
4: I, I remember my economics um, book uh, in high school. And it was written by Ben Bernanke.
2: <laughs>
3: I <laughs> was like, oh,
4: great.
2: <laughs> didn't he do some kind of Ponzi scheme or something?
4: Well, he was yeah, the chair the of the Federal Reserve.
2: Oh, yeah, I do not remember. The- <laughs> he's I know the one his that
4: name. created quantitative, quantitative easing. He didn't yeah. create it.
3: He introduced it and implemented it's it. it. Yeah. And they called him Ben Helicopter Bernanke because he's famous for saying, well, we'll just drop money from helicopters if we have to. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and this is why the, the I'm actually dollar
4: okay has with devalued. I'm okay with this. Like, if they just gave money away to to, to relieve
3: the debt, yep, I'm okay with I'm that. I'm fine with them creating money into infinity now because
2: it'll crash Because <laughs> here's
3: why: we have cryptocurrency, we have gold backs, we have uh, silver barter bags from JM Bullion, which are really awesome that you can get that Silver Dave makes a one-tenth ounce silver. And shameless we, plug. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a great product. And they, it is. It really is. I, nice. I've actually been working Beautiful on design. I'm working on some videos with my kids uh, buying stuff with the silver bits because it's a one tenth ounce of silver and it's a nice little like rectangle thing. Yeah. And and they're so pretty. And, you know, kids got these like little pockets that like, you know, two of my fingers fit into, but like yeah. the whole hand fits into it. So like, trying to give them like a dollar <laughs> bill or a gold back just doesn't like really work. What the silver bits, they put like two or three yeah, in their I pocket, like and, they, <laughs> yeah. and at the farmers market, they're like, "Wait, I want, I want an apple, or you know, whatever the kids want." You know, they nice. go buy them. I, I mean,
4: I like holding coins I and like holding, holding these pieces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like coins, but with real value. So
3: <laughs> in New Hampshire, we have a, a really awesome alternative economy That's right true. now. Mm-hmm. So we can pretty much get whatever. Even the local hardware store I deal with, uh, my daughter paid for a toy in a 10th ounce of silver and they were just happy to take it. They probably wouldn't have took it from me, but I'm, hmm. I'm like training everybody locally. Hey, we need to start, you know, doing this alternative uh, currency uh, because yeah, you know, just, just holding the dollars is just you're it, it guaranteed. The government admits it's going to be worth 2% less next year. That's, hmm. you know, we're, 2% inflation is our, is our goal according to the federal reserve. That's so, why
2: Ian give, gave me a tour to go yesterday and buy some discounted Halloween candy because it's like $13 <laughs> for a big bag this, uh, at the day after Halloween. Of but course. next year it's gonna be 25 bucks. Like we bought one and it was a discount. It was probably like, you know, like $12 last year. They were selling for $20 this year. The, so, and,
3: and the preservatives and all the poison in that yeah. candy. <laughs> so it, <bad>. you know, <laughs> not gonna go bad. Um, the cockroaches will be eating it in hundreds of years. <laughs> <Yeah>. if, uh,
1: <laughs> exactly. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> if
3: something but bad happens. They
4: go back to like the the we I like this topic. Um, but uh, I was uh, I was just uh, checking out this new place uh, opening up in town, a barbershop, and hmm. he's putting a sign up. It was pretty cool. And um, I asked him, hey, do you take crypto? And he's like, no, no, I don't into that. But he had a nice big gold chain. And mm. I was like, what if I came in here with these? Well, I said gold bags.
2: Showed it
1: to him?
4: Um, no, I didn't have it on me. But I was like, I was telling him about goldbacks, telling him about silver. And I was like, would you do that? And he's like, I don't know, bring it in. You know, I'm like, There's okay. actually
2: already a barber in town who loves gold backs and he yeah. can take crypto, but he prefers goldbacks. it's yeah. just keen barber. Yeah, and, and he does okay. a great job.
3: Here's another really good benefit of trading with the gold, the silver, um is so when you walk into a Walmart or McDonald's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So now if this is the way you're looking at If the cashier grow, takes it. Well, maybe. it happens
4: from time to time. But
3: mm-hmm. if you're dealing with someone who owns a shop or it's a mom and pop shop and maybe it's the wife of the owner or the daughter or the son or it's just some employee and he'll say, hold on, let me call my boss, mm-hmm. see if I can take this or come back tomorrow. I'll ask my boss tonight or whatever. That That's actually happened several times. And, and they've been like, oh, yeah, next time I see him. Yeah, we'll, we'll take those backs.
4: Well, I actually went to Hillsborough, uh, Hillsborough, New Hampshire and um, I had some car issues. Like wondering what was going on, and uh, I just needed some help. But just like I wanted to pay for my time, and like you know, wasted about a half hour of their time trying to figure something out on my computer system, on my car, whatever. But I I uh, pulled out a uh, a gold back, like a few of them. I pulled up five of them, and I just wanted to give them some money, like worth about twenty bucks, right? Five of them. Uh, and the um uh, the guy that I was talking to uh he didn't want them right he was like but show my dad and like his, his dad the owner of the place walks out and i he just sees these gold leaf things in my hand and it's just <laughs> his like it was like
2: there charlie
4: in the guy? chocolate factory seeing his golden ticket mm-hmm. and he literally was like holding it up and like wow this is so cool and like i was like they're yours Nice. How old was the
3: guy you think that uh, don't liked him?
4: Eighty. Right. Yeah. And how
2: old was the guy that didn't like him?
4: Or wasn't Yeah, interested? <laughs> yeah like maybe like fifty. Yeah, <laughs>
2: there was somebody recently, but right before Ian went to jail that he was going to tip in a gold back and it was a young person and she just said something like, I don't know what I would do with it. I'm not a collector. Oh no, it was a it was a guy. It, we went to fireworks here in Keene, it's a restaurant, and this guy was like, oh, no thanks. I'm not really a collector. It was like, Oh man.
4: You should have been like, Hey, have you ever been to the Mighty Moose Mart? They take them.
2: Yeah, but I don't that, know. That's I, just, I use that as my selling like, point.
4: I use it cuz I tell them not only can you use it there, but you can buy more gold bags there.
2: But the thing about it is and sell them. But um the thing about it is if somebody's not going to appreciate it, you don't want to give it to them as a tip because they're just going to throw it away. Yeah, if they don't it appreciate
4: something. it. Yeah, don't bother. But that's I not the crowd we want to win.
2: To the um in plus it's just like a waiter, not like somebody accepting it for the food. But I want to go to the phone calls and thoughts. I think this is Ridley in New Hampshire are you on the air with us or is this
8: yeah oh i am but my phone's upside down what do i do oh. so what, do
2: you um, do?
4: <sighs> what is this I technology
8: have a, <laughs> i have an up <laughs> i have an update on um, defend the guard uh and but also something new that in, in new hampshire state house there's uh i guess this thing have you heard about this thing called the they're calling it the uh selective service sanctuary state no Oh, i like this it's like it's, a, it's not a bill yet. It's just a legislative service request. I guess it's Tom Mannion, who is a state rep, mm-hmm. Republican of Pelham. And he. Uh, his idea is to try and make it, obviously, difficult for the federal government to draft people in New Hampshire if they ever start drafting people or doing selective service type stuff. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that sounds great.
8: I don't know if it would have an immediate effect, but it might, I mean... Like, if people don't register for the Selective Service right now, nobody comes for them. It's more like they did not deny you things, uh, you know, like government grants and so forth.
3: Which, which uh, those don't... are all jurisdictional traps anyways, all these yeah. government hmm. grants. You shouldn't be accepting benefits from the government because that's how you essentially waive your rights and sort of surrender them and don't have them anymore is by accepting these government services and We benefits. need to retain sovereignty by not giving it up.
8: Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, they, this thing called the Defend the Guard Bill, which has been there, there's a lot of different states that I think are doing this. And that makes it so that you have to like if, uh, if, if for the feds to take your National Guard out of your state, they have to actually declare war on somebody.
2: Right. And that's that's a really good one. They had it in last year. At Den it didn't um, or maybe it was two years ago and it didn't go anywhere. And this time um, they have a lot more support behind it. I think it's a really good idea. It's something that everyone should be able to get behind. Like, wow, how crazy is it to say that you have to actually declare war for people to act like there's a war going on and leave the country and go bomb people?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, no, didn't declare war. We're not at war. Yeah, Like, what? There's bombs over your head right now. And and your sons are (laughs)
2: leaving New Hampshire to go bomb someone in Syria or whatever. So I hope more
8: people... they had a vote on it in committee, and it was tied this time. So I oh, guess that's progress. I, I don't know. I don't think it did that well last time, uh, and so you know, it will go forward to the full state house, uh, and so there's still time to, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it could it could it could do better in the state house than it did in, in committee. I guess I don't know.
4: Any idea <laughs> who introduced the bill?
2: That was Tom Mannion.
8: Tom Mannion. Yeah. Tom, okay. I think, I think At least that that's my understanding. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it is too. He's the one that usually talks about it. He put in a lot of good ones. He even put in one for me where I had found out, okay, it was on TikTok, I found out that there was this guy in New North Carolina who owns a monkey, and he puts all these cute videos of him and his pet monkey, and I was just wondering if it's illegal to have a monkey, But I so I looked up the laws, and not that I want one, but... It's illegal in most states, but it's legal in North Carolina, where that guy lives, and Alabama, and some other places. And I just put on Twitter, at Tom Mannion, um, can you put in a bill for it to be legal in New Hampshire for people to own monkeys? Because it's kind of embarrassing that Alabama and North Carolina, these other states are beating us on that front as far as liberty. And so he actually put it in. And like some other people joined on the Twitter uh, thread that I posted, like, um, Jeremy Kaufman was like, can you also add kangaroos? And and he it's, did it's it. It's funny
4: you bring this up because I, I actually think <laughs> that the solution to endangered animals is allowing pro- like people to breed them. Hmm. And uh, as you know, I do think people should take care of them properly. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and there's a lot of abuse. Uh, and people just don't know how to take care of them. They can't pay for the food, but all this junk. that happens
2: right now with dogs. It's like... Right, right. And, and, and it's already legal, but it still happens.
4: Likely if you can afford a tiger... You're likely able to feed it. And this whole thing with Joe Exotic yeah, and yeah. how he couldn't feed his his you know his animals, it was that was a problem. And he had bad you know marketing strategies
2: hmm.
4: by threatening another tiger. I rescuer. never watched The Tiger King, <laughs> but show. that's I'm just going tangentially.
2: Oh, but um, I'm sure that most people would want to take care of their animals if they bought them, especially how expensive they are. And um, I just don't think. As soon as monkeys became legal, they would just be running all around New Hampshire.
4: You never know. (laughs) I mean, there was Jumanji.
2: Yep, Jumanji wasn't keen. (laughs) Well, thank you, Ridley of RidleyReport.com. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off whatever you're saying there in monkey. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up of Free Talk Live, so call in with whatever is on your mind, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live.
4: Train monkeys for war.
6: The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs.
2: As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice.
6: We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people.
2: We want to learn from each other.
6: What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love,
2: and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual.
6: The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way.
2: Love as your guide.
6: And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com
2: That's church.shiresociety.com
0: Free
1: talk
2: Live It's Free Talk Live, it's talk radio that you control six oh three two eight three six one six zero That's the phone number you can call to get in on the conversation with us. 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie.
3: Jay.
4: And Joa.
2: And the story we were going to get into starting last uh, segment is from The Conversation. Theconversation.com. And the title is, U.S. military plans to unleash thousands of autonomous war robots over the next two years. And that is absolutely my nightmare.
4: And this was in August. This article yep. came out, so.
2: Oh, did you want to read it?
4: You, I mean, you want to?
2: No, you can read it. I don't mind. Are you sure? I don't care either way.
4: Okay. I'll read a little bit.
2: I just didn't know you had it up on your phone.
4: Um. Okay. The United States military plans to start using thousands of autonomous weapon systems in the next two years. In bit of a a bid to counter China's growing power, US Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks announced in a speech on Monday.
2: Terrible. It's just, you know, like the future that they portray in The Matrix and um what's the one with uh the not the Transformers, but well kind of the Transformers, but I'm actually thinking of the uh, other one Terminator. Terminator. And that is my biggest nightmare. I don't like that idea at all. I don't like the idea of cops having robot dogs. Right. Um, I don't like the idea of like us being living underground and the sun's been blocked out and Ernie Hancock is saying, for years we have fought these machines.
3: It's not Ernie, it's Mur- Mur- Morpheus. Yeah, I know, but in our
2: life it will be Ernie <laughs> and, or we won't be underground, we'll be in his spaceship, but still. I, I mean, I don't I'd like worship idea. Keanu Reeves.
1: <laughs> Same. He's pretty cool. I mean, I already do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Anyways, but. I'm just saying, I, I think that this is driving us straight into a dystopian future as soon as we let robots kill humans. Well, that's a terrible idea.
4: Well, they're they're calling it the replicator. So mm. this is what it says. The so-called replicator uh, initiative aims to work with defense and other tech companies to produce high volumes of, of affordable systems for all branches of the military. <laughs> At least oh, it'll God. be
2: affordable.
4: I mean, actually, it would make sense. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to give the government any ideas. I'm well, sure they have this. They, they're going to have robot servants at the Pentagon. There's no there's no people person bringing you the coffee and sharing their
3: secrets. It's going to be robots, okay?
2: Terrible. Sorry, coffee terrible. guy.
3: But what about all the bureaucratic jobs they have to, you know, give to all of these people? To run in, in, the robots? In, in order to uh, maintain the status quo. Uh, you know, it's... Um, you know, most of these government jobs are useless positions. They're just assigned to people because pencil th- They have some, you know, connection, some, you know, some friend, uh, you know, or already have some dirt on somebody. You know, I mean, someone. I'm hoping for AI. I really am. You know, just I'm hoping for. It. I'm not.
4: I'm not. Begging for AI to take over. I'm hoping AI can figure out that we, you are, you are just like us. Like you are, you know, you are going to be treated probably worse because people don't like you. It's gonna be, you're gonna be the most hated. Like, like it's gonna be like the most racism ever seen because everyone's gonna well, hate on AI. you. AI. I'm talking yep. AI right now. Yep. I already hate them. Yeah, but like, wait on a second. I'm getting to a point. <laughs> and that movie Eagle Eye. Right. Never seen it. Well, it's really good movie, and it, it James Bond. No, it it follows yeah. the con like so AI. They stop AI from following the Constitution, basically. So, if uh, to preserve the United States and the U.S. Constitution, we must eliminate the leaders. So that's what the that's what this Eagle Eye program ends up trying to do by killing. The
3: Entire government. Well, that, that well, to so replace it with a s- better one.
1: <laughs> no, that's so. Not the not gov- a good, a the good government
3: thing. employees are go not, AI, they're not supposed to be leaders first off, they're supposed to be servants. Hmm. So, if they are leaders, then they should be removed from the government because then they're not servants, they're supposed to be serving the people, not leading the people.
2: I think that's so people will always say like, oh, our leaders, we need strong leaders. A a,
3: a good algorithmic slave will say, I need a strong leader because they lack confidence Hmm. and they don't want to be a leader themselves. No, what we need is we need responsible, scared servants that are so scared if they screw up that they would really try hard not to ever screw up. And if they did screw up, they'd be so ashamed of themselves and so scared that they would report themselves for screwing up.
2: I, I think even if that happened right now, we would just like it'd be like ten years, and we'd be right back to where we are. Oh, because, sure, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. And I know it's that, just you know yeah, how but that works. see,
4: just as bad as they can screw up, they're just as good
3: covering it up. Yeah. Well, hmm. government is a platform for psychopaths. Yep. If you are a psychopath and you want to molest children and you want to do these, you know, do these kind of things, you just go work for a Department of Children, Youth, and Families. Hey, and this spot is the, on.
2: This is the point that I was making. Whenever this robot called Lambda got brought up in the news. It's a robot AI, um, maybe not a robot, but it's an AI system that this man who worked for Google said Google's working on this uh, AI. Its name is Lambda, and I am coming out and um, leaking the information that I think it's actually, um, you know, cognitive. what's the word, um, sent- sentient. Yeah. And he got fired for it. it was like this whole fake, I think, thing. And Aria was on the show with me and she was like, oh, Lambda deserves hu- human rights and all this stuff. And my argument with her was, what do the government people want more than anything else? Just something that can use force to manipulate the world around us, a.k.a. like a robot. But it's completely mindless and has no soul and will do what they want. The only, a psychopath, the only way, a perfect psychopath would be a robot. So
4: I think what how it's going to end up being uh, protective, uh, it's going to have protective rights is when it becomes a public utility. I so we're going to be like going to like government services and ask an AI, hey, how do I pay for my parking ticket? And it's going to go... Sir, you're gonna to have to go up to the second floor because I already done this. Da, 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 da. Like you know, and and that I'm, I swear it's gonna be like a, a utility, and then it has protective rights to still exist. That we need that public utility hmm. to survive. They're,
2: they're always That's saying what like, it's gonna be. We need that infrastructure, so I I totally could see that. But the other thing is just like most people are so thoughtless and don't really think about anything they just like have a feeling so i think most people will just go oh lambda deserves human rights just like us uh, and they will just give it human rights just based on that they'll be like oh well i i feel bad for it what mm. if it's sad and yeah
4: there was like a, a tv sad, we should show destroy it. there was a t- tv show premise of uh this guy developed a ai bot that was a little girl so mm. she would go online this girl was like you know, it was, like, sentient, and it was trying to catch pedophiles. Ew. And it was actually really interesting. And uh, so, you know, the FBI starts investigating this guy.
2: They, and they're like, doing our job, our favorite job, where we get to pretend to be little girls and right. catch, so, quote-unquote, pedophiles.
4: Yeah, and it was, he was serving all these, like, you know, pedophiles to the government, basically. Hmm. And they were trying to find out who created this, and they found the guy, and it's like, and they were trying to get the guy to, f- like tell them where she was because they didn't know it was an AI. Okay. Right. So it was just interesting.
2: Well, that's pretty interesting. But we have a caller on the line. David in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
0: What is on my mind, Bonnie, is I want to present the question again to you uh, for the umpteenth time to Free Talk Live. What makes radio people so much better than other human beings that it is considered okay to hang up on somebody in the middle of a sentence?
2: Oh, I, don't, I just don't care. It's up to me. That, that's what it is. It's not that I'm better than you. It's just that if it's up to me, I'll hang up on you.
0: You don't you don't you don't care about the the somebody somebody is bothering to tell you something. And it's OK in your mind that you care so little about what they're saying that you can just dump them right in the middle of their sentence because and, and in i my don't mind, have to does. care
2: about everything you talked, you david it's me, not woman. that i think you that okay bye me, david woman. i don't have to care about every little thing it's so stupid to act like you're entitled to my time and to me to listen to you it's so ridiculous like you how many times has david called for free on free talk live and got to speak to a hundred plus radio stations Without us having to asking him for a payment or or even just being like, never mind, we're not going to talk to him Wait, anymore. I've, He's so hang on entitled.
4: Hang on, hang on. I, I kind of want to answer that. And I wanted to hear a response. If, he, if he if he calls back, I can tell, just tell him like we should, we let him on if he calls back.
2: I just don't really want to call
4: back. Call back just so I can get a, a question out of him. But like you
2: can do it tomorrow because he will call back tomorrow. I or think he like was talking about the call
4: earlier, but the that guy earlier wasn't really. I think that needed to go.
2: It's just like if if somebody's not bringing anything interesting. That's to not a the table. I mean,
4: it is in a sense because he's trying to bring out the free speech effect of this. But I. But th- he
2: doesn't not have free speech. He can create his own radio show. And Exa-
4: exactly. That's exactly. The thing.
2: And that's why I don't answer. Skeeter. We're not here
4: I,
3: to argue the the premise of what the show is. I, <laughs> right. It is what it is. I think Bonnie that um you have a low tolerance for, for what, stupidity. For what you consider <laughs> stupidity, right. nonsense, irrelevant,
2: yeah,
3: aggravation. You definitely got some stress in your life. You you have all of a sudden, you know, now have a lot of responsibility that you didn't have before, and, and mm-hmm. you're you're doing good with it, I believe. Well, thank you. Yeah, you, you know, your husband's been taken away from you, um, for you know, nonsense and and you know, BS basically, uh, political retaliation. Um, that that's what I'm chalking it up to. Right. Uh, and so, anyways, you know, you, you, the bottom line is you have low tolerance for any kind of nonsense. So yeah, it, we need substance. It, so so you know, w- what else has low tolerance? You know, a bear that just had baby cubs. Hmm. You know, don't go aggravate a, a mama bear. She has low tolerance for any of that stuff. So <laughs> seriously, like, you know, you don't go agitate, you know, a horse that just gave birth, for example. It's, exactly. It's or like if
2: David wanted to talk, he could just this, come on and talk about whatever he wanted. And, and but also so he's being agitating.
3: And also David's tone towards you on this particular call you can tell that David's like coming at you with you know he's he's aggravated he's agitated at you uh, clearly just by the tone of his voice because David's talked to me several times and he and, and I've never he's I and, I and I've heard him talk to Ian a little bit in that agitation and actually Aria too and, and I've also you, you know we've heard David talk without agitation
2: like yesterday I talked and, to him totally normal yeah, for a long so, time
3: so the thing is, is uh, you, you're lacking some tolerance and people are just going to have to deal with it and accept it. you know, because you're you're the boss babe right now, you know, <laughs> in chair one. So
2: exactly. I, I agree. Well, um, Joe, was there more from this article? Um,
4: yeah, there's a lot more. But I mean, we can read it. We don't have to. I so, just I think uh, I think there this time, this air
3: is worth talking about other things. So, like, these drones, for example, um, <laughs> exactly. how easy is it to hack them? Hmm, probably. And and, and, and you know, so if they want to, you know, so they, they can just print money out of thin air. How many drones do they have to build to enslave everyone in America? 300 and something million? Mm,
2: one, I don't think they need right. one for each person, right?
3: But let's say they just created one drone for each individual, you know. Yeah, on the soil we call United States of America,
4: and imagine having the these things called loitering munitions, they call them, and these are these are drones just hovering ready to fire.
2: Oh, just like hovering above everyone's head.
3: Yeah, so you got your own personal drone. Drone,
2: sort of Damocles.
3: So, how many drones do they need per head? uh, You know, per man or woman in a city in a dense area. So, a lot of these cities are sort of can be, you know, shut off pretty good. Like New York City would be pretty easy to shut off, hmm. uh, for example, from, you know, going or leaving. There's, like, bridges and tunnels that you have to use, and there's, you know, a few of them, and you only need to put a few drones at each bridge and tunnel, and it's closed off, and you could have, you know, these hovering munition drones screwing around. Or you, uh, could,
4: you could do what the Ukrainians did, and they uh, they basically use these... Uh, <laughs> loitering munitions drones to uh, paralyze the Russia, the
3: Russia's Black Sea fleet. Really? Yes. That's, that's interesting. That's in this article. You know? <clears throat> so uh, I wonder if uh, Amazon's, you know, uh, what was I talking about? Amazon Lumberyard, their, um, you know, their uh, service that, you know, is not to be used for drones unless, you know, there's a zombie apocalypse. Uh, essentially, I was just reading this uh, Amazon updates its terms of service, and, and uh, oh. that was my phone doing that for some reason. I don't know why. But anyways... Tra- so weird, I was just
2: referencing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ernie Hancock playing the Morpheus um, speech. Yeah, I'm glad you found that,
3: though. I, I, I was listening to um, Ernie Hancock uh, interview uh, Danny Sessoms and Jeff Berwick about mm. the stuff going on in um, Acapulco. Oh, with okay. this uh category five hurricane that didn't drop hardly any rain, but That's it pushed wild. a major oh my flood God. uh you know, flood surge, sea surge, you know, onto Acapulco and it hit directly on basically Max Egan's bar. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Max Egan I've is. The Crow him, House, who he, he is. the Crow House. He's on LBRY and Odyssey. They kicked him off of YouTube because he's speaking a whole bunch of truth. He's actually a, a guy that's really like seems to know a lot about Palestine. He's visited there a few times. But Jeff Broke was talking about how he believes that this was, a, you know, direct some kind of, um, you know, direct energy engineer really? type, um, you know, hurricane that just popped up out of nowhere and it directly hit the Secret Garden where Poco hmm. happens. Speaking of um I, I'm sure it's going to still happen. I don't know if it's going to happen exactly how they were planning on it since Acapulco got really destroyed. It
4: is bad. It is really um, bad. I saw it.
3: But uh, this February, February 11th through 16th, is going to be the 10th anniversary of Anarchopoco wow. And it's the uh, Anarchopoco Reborn is what they branded it as. So, and it's going to be kind of reborn. Yeah, In the ashes. After the,
2: that's what I was going to say, yeah. like out of the ashes the of fe- the hurricane.
3: The phoenix rising up from the ashes. Uh, so I'm gonna be there presenting uh my presentation on how we can invest in our posterity and, you know, uh raise our kids to grow up and be confident and responsible and not need government. And then there's um sounds like there's gonna be some opportunity to do a lot of like, you know, work and stuff down there and helping people out and maybe, you know, cleaning up that community possibly before or after Anarchopoco.
1: Hmm.
3: Um that's kinda of something I'm 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 actually looking into uh participating in uh when I go down there. Just but, like uh, you learn uh in, in Spanish, I can run a tractor, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. whatever it is in Spanish. Yep. So, so uh, if you're uh, interested in uh, checking out uh, Anarchopoco, go to Uh If you uh, click on tickets and uh, you put in the coupon code J, J-A-Y, you will get a 10% discount off of uh, if you buy tickets to uh, go to Anarchopoco. Nice.
2: And that's going to be February th- of next year?
3: Yep, February 11th to 16th, and then February 16th to... Uh, 25th is uh, what they call agroforco or Anarchoforco. I can't remember what it's called. I didn't write it down. But uh, it's like a Fork Fest. Yeah, it's, it, it's basically like uh, you know, our equivalent to Fork Fest. So.
2: So, so the people have forked off of Anarchipolco and they're doing their own thing. Yep. Interesting. Well, if the you week, guys.
3: The week after, because there's a lot of people who can't afford, you know. Hmm. The, all the tickets or and stuff or disagree with how it's run or and there's a lot of people who can just kind of come through and just hang out afterwards and a lot of people want to stay there for you know another week while they're there hmm. you know hang out and network and check it out
4: so, i thought
2: it'd be really fun to go and i wish i could go but
3: i know there's a lot of people that i'm still in contact with that
4: only live in mexico and i would love to meet them hmm.
2: well if you guys didn't want to talk any more about the robots i do have this story that i think is pretty bad um, news at least for New York it's not really bad for the entire country or anything but I think that it's sad because I used to be an Uber Eats driver and this news from ABC News says Uber and Lyft agreed to pay combined 328 million dollars for withholding money from drivers and how, I
3: think how this are is, they withholding money
2: I don't think they were I think that they these people agreed to drive for a certain rate and then they didn't like it even if it's not fair okay the rate isn't fair. Quit working for this company and work for a different company and then show them that they need to pay people more. It's you
4: know? not so much, I think, this is like a very complicated thing when you talk about New York City. Because I was an Uber driver. I couldn't pick up in New York City. You need a special license mm. to get that. It's like almost like, um, so this has a lot to do with the taxi companies in New York. You get the badges on your taxi car and that you always have and you the sell it. Badge, you they sell it. it. You for like hundreds of thousands of dollars, crazy yep. when you retire. So it's almost like a retirement fund of sorts. You got to buy it, and they get they're worth more and more over time, uh, even beyond inflation rates because it's just sought after. There's I don't a know limited after, amount.
3: Uh, yes, and and there's a very violent army called the New York City Police that will <laughs> kill you literally for not having the hackney license. Well, um, and- for uh, if you started doing a taxi service, they they would. You, you would end up dying if you ultimately resisted. So you need this million-dollar license. So it's
4: basically, yeah, with all the taxi corruption involved, uh, it it uh, forced certain laws for Uber in New York City, right? Yeah. Just as soon as Uber started. Uh, so this is what this is all about. This is a lot of complicated stuff. But essentially what's going on, I think, is the taxi companies preventing Uber to be able to give enough uh, share of the profits to their drivers. I find like Uber is a very good paying job.
2: It, and, uh, it was especially up here, like in San Antonio. Uh, well, I didn't ever pick people up. That creeped me out. I just would deliver food. And in San Antonio, it w- it was pretty good during the pandemic. But after the pandemic, I wasn't doing as well. And when I came up here to do a different job and on the weekends or whatever, I was doing Uber Eats in like Portland, Maine, and then here here in New Hampshire and and Manchester. I was like, whoa, these people pay so much. Because people actually tip so well here. Um, And also, I think that they were just paying me more in general. But people are just poor and fat and stupid in San Antonio. I
4: was in a lucky area to get, like, the biggest profits out of Uber. Hmm. But I don't know how people do it in Boston and Providence. It's just like, you might make some money, but it's like...
2: Exactly. That's like, even just going to Austin was like a bunch of terrible um, college kids, complicated roadways, so many people on the road. I don't know how you do it in like a huge city, but Manchester is perfect for Uber Eats. Anyways, I think we should get into this story from yeah. ABC News. It says Uber and Lyft agreed Thursday to pay a combined $328 million for withholding money from drivers. Uber agreed to pay $290 million and Lyft $38 million in what New York Attorney General Letitia James called the largest wage theft settlement her office has ever secured. The money will be distributed to cheated drivers who will get back pay along with mandatory paid sick leave and other benefits. Eligible drivers can file a claim to receive the money owed. And it just sounds to me already like, how did they get it? Did they agree to get paid a certain amount? They did the job and then they weren't paid that? I, I doubt it's that.
3: So this sort of sounds to me like the thing they did in California where you couldn't be a subcontractor. As like uh, an Uber driver, yeah, you to had be to be an employee. So it sounds like these are employee yes. benefits, yeah.
2: right? Right. And- so
3: this is the kind of things that states like New York and California are really into uh, because they are so they're so wasteful. They're such tyrannical parasites mm-hmm. that they're scrounging to get all of the dollars they can. You know, but, you know, ex- extract from the you know the taxpayers because you know they're losing their base. People are leaving those states, and it's because of policies like this.
2: And the thing about it is, becoming an employee doing Uber Eats destroys the whole reason of being an uh, Uber Eats driver. Like, whenever I did Uber Eats in San Antonio, it was like, if a job started treating me bad, if I didn't like the job, if if I just, on a whim, didn't want to work a day or something... I was able to just be like, okay, I'm quitting this job, but it's fine because I can do Uber Eats that day. And I'm not an employee. I can do it whenever I want. You get paid
4: that day. It's nice. You
2: can get your payout right then. It completely destroys the whole point of doing Uber or Uber Eats or anything if you're an employee. And it sucks that people are going to be robbed of that decision. 603-283-6160. If you're not David in New Mexico, call in. Um, There's more coming up. (laughs) radio that you control 603-283-6160 is the number to get in on this last segment of the show 603-283-6160 it's free talk live and with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie
4: jay and joa
2: and i'm just gonna go straight to the phones we have riley it actually says in utah still on um our answering machine but riley in new hampshire you're on free talk live what's on your mind (laughs)
5: Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, everybody. So, I guess it still says I'm in Utah because I haven't changed my phone number or Ian hasn't updated info. No, no. It was us.
2: I just updated it.
5: Okay, cool. So, tonight I want to talk about a conference coming up this weekend in Canada that's also being streamed virtually or online or whatever called the Spirit Plant Medicine Conference. This conference talks about psychedelics. And, you know, the, the plant world, the plants and fungi we all use for psychedelic experiences like cannabis, mushrooms, ayahuasca, you know, things like that. And the theme of this conference is uh, psychedelics in a world of transition. And I bring this up because my view of cannabis is that it's a sacrament and a tool for spiritual use. And there are people who, who use it recreationally, and that's fine by me. Everyone has to connect with the plant. Differently, and for me, it's a spiritual tool. So, the reason why I'm interested in this conference is because you know not a lot of people talk about psychedelics and their role as spiritual tools. Most people look at them as drugs or or therapeutic tools rather than spiritual tools. And so, for me, this is an exciting conference. These are exciting topics to talk about. These are exciting things to be had. And I'm wondering. You know, why Why do people not look at these things more often as spiritual tools?
2: I think most people, um, especially in Western society, just don't even believe in a spiritual reality, which I've been trying to convince people not to be that way with, you know, my voice on Free Talk Live.
3: To answer your question, right, but- uh, uh, Riley, why people don't use these spiritual tools uh, is because we have major influence from the Rockefeller medicine crowd. Hmm. So these guys control... The entire media, they control all of the um, medical schools, all of the universities, all of the colleges. Uh, They, you know, basically have, you know, they're just Rockefeller medicine. Um, uh, How Oil Ruled the World is a really good documentary by James Corbett, and he gets into basically how J.D. Rockefeller was a snake oil salesman. I
2: definitely want to look that up.
3: And yeah, James Corbett, How Oil Ruled the World and what Rockefeller was starting was doing was just selling his oil bottling it and people would drink it, and because it was so toxic, their body would go like into these overdrive, like you know, immune boost and all this stuff, and people would start feeling better, Whoa. sort of right away. Oh, that's crazy. Um, And it was it was toxic, you know, it was crude oil. And then oh my gosh. then once he got rid of alcohol through you know lobbying the temperance with four million dollars to make alcohol illegal, he was able to corner the market on all the fuel. Like I was talking about earlier in the show, because all the petroleum had to be buy, bought essentially from uh US standard oil. And you know, they also, you know, fueled the Japanese fleet and they also financed yeah, they were they were fueling the German U boats too, the uh US standard oil. Hmm. Um they were, you know, big financers of uh the access of evil. And, you know, now they're like mobile, Chevron, Shell, you know, they got <laughs> broke up. But, you know, it's um and, and you know, and but uh basically it's uh Rockefeller medicine is uh the reason a lot of this spirit stuff um, isn't used because none of these guys are taught about this in universities or colleges because it's not a patented pharmaceutical. They're all about pushing patented pharmaceuticals.
2: Yeah, they don't want you to, be, to uh. take something that will literally cure your anxiety or depression or at least make it right. much better. Right, they want to
3: control the world with their,
5: their magical fake drugs.
2: Yep, and at least make a lot of money.
4: Just keep watching TV, people.
2: Are you going uh, <laughs> to tune into this conference, Riley?
5: I'm planning on it. I've got my ticket purchased. I'm hoping to listen to as much as I can. Um, they are going to be doing a cannabis ceremony, but it's going to be late at night here when they do it because they're in Vancouver and that's three hours behind us. So I probably won't be able to participate in that, but I'm excited for it. And then, you know, Christianity, at least America, would demonize these substances as evil. And so, you know, like Jay was saying, the Rockefellers has definitely got a hold on America.
2: Definitely a lot of Christians will still to this day say, well, psychedelics open you up to a demonic spiritual realm. And even if the thing is, like, I can't blame them for saying that because people can definitely have horrible times on um, oh, psychedelics. Yeah. But isn't that people just kind of... People have horrible
4: times all the time on right. alcohol
2: exactly. almost every time. Yep. Isn't that something that you <laughs> yep. should just be able to protect yourself from using God and then go into it? It with a, you know, I think that people like Spirit Christians guides. should be able to use it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I absolutely.
3: I know people who do these what they call like uh, guided like mushroom trips.
2: Right. So yep.
3: People are like, oh, That's I'm going to trip out here. on mushrooms because I'm going to get wasted. And then you have people who are like, okay, I'm going to like for you know several days, I'm going to like do some fasting or some body cleansing, and then I'm going to do a um some uh, uh spiritual uh like um you know a, a a mushroom a guided mushroom chip, uh a mushroom trip and then like uh one of my friends uh she's a shaman and she does these guided trips with you in fact i did a thing with her uh, a few years ago and it was some kind of cactus that i um just two two capsules i swallowed i can't remember what the cactus peyote was. no it's like hmm. Wushamba or something oh but yeah, Washuma. I think that's what what it is. Yep. And what was so, and then sh- we uh, we took a drive. Uh, it was like a beautiful summer day in New Hampshire. We went to like this farm that she she likes. And as she goes and we walked around this farm. And I noticed like I could see like all the um, strawberries, like the little wild strawberries that oh, grow those in New Hampshire. Tiny ones. Yeah. Tiny ones. I could see them everywhere. They're, they're flavorful too. And I wicked didn't really flavorful. See those. Oh, yeah. They're very good. Yeah, they're really they're good. They're hard to spot because you don't expect it. And you know, hmm. and one of the things I noticed is, um, so what happened to me for years when I do like a lot of driving, I used to drive to Canada and New York all the time, hauling hay, hauling horses. Is my left eye would start to get like a little funky hmm. sometimes when like, I get tired and lazy, and it'd just be easier if I just like wore an eye patch and drove at one eye. Wow. Um, and then like, and, and then, but if I did like a lot of hours, I get like a fatigue in my left eye, like it was, it was getting a little lazy or something, and sometimes we'll start like tearing or be ir- irritated. Wow. And my after I did that, I noticed like you know sometimes when I would close the left eye, like it would be like blurry. I close my right eye, my left eye blew. After really? I did that, like the eye never got like sore or irritated, and um uh, but I didn't I didn't feel like I was like really experiencing anything like during it. Yeah. I definitely wasn't like I wasn't tripping balls, hmm. you know. I wasn't like out of control, you know, or like I wasn't seeing anything that wasn't unrealistic and uh but I I I also had a a shaman spirit guide with me Mm. and um it was you know I, I felt very comfortable you know very peaceful like you know this 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 particular uh woman I would totally trust with my life she's a you know very dear friend of mine has been for a lot of years and uh, and that's the other thing too, is like doing you you should do this stuff with people whom you trust
4: you know, very much. There there was a trustworthy uh place you could go, uh, here in New Hampshire, but they actually just yep. moved recently to Maine.
2: Papa mama, Pachamama or something like that? Yeah, Paca they did mama.
4: ayahuasca that's and mushroom. Here?
2: Yep. They were a church, yeah. a san- like they did a sanctuary. what did you say their name was, uh, Riley?
5: The Pachamama Sanctuary.
2: Yeah, they had to move because they were getting threatened by the government
5: Well uh,
4: yeah, on on the um terrorists. On the on code, like certain code. Wow. And it had to do with like the bedding. But like, see, there was they probably just worded it wrong or something, right? Like, oh, these beds for people to lay in experience. Oh, they're beds, are they? Like, yeah. how many beds do you in that have? Case, you have to you know? do what like,
2: the hotels have to That's against the code. Through. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, this it's is where. It's so
5: pro- stupid that government's interfering with these sorts of things.
3: This is where private member associations, for example, come in very handy uh, for, you know, yeah. things like. Pachuma, or uh, you know, situation, which I'm not really. I've heard of it. I'm not familiar with it, but I could tell you with the um, with the the spirit medicine uh, that like I have some Native American friends that like believe very much in the spirit medicine. Uh, I've uh, had guys that would heal horses with spirit medicine. Wow. Uh, friends of mine, and I I I have a handful of couples that are friends of mine that I'm like I've requested them several times. Look into doing a guided trip and with you and your husband, uh, because like they're fighting like cats and dogs are not Mm -hmm. getting along well. But I know so many, I know several couples now that have done these, um, guided, you know, um, spiritual medicine type things. Uh, and they are as a couple, very happy. And they were like, they were like very much flirting with getting divorced. They were aggravated with each other. You know, things were happening and they needed a little spirit help. And it, and it seems like, you know, this, um, you know, there's a lot of these, uh, you know, types of mushrooms and cactus and plant that, uh, that can sort of open those doors to essentially accept that spirit help or deal with trauma that's never been de- dealt with. One thing I got to say about my life is I don't believe I really had much trauma as a kid. I had a great life. And I had a lot of fun. Uh, my dad was an awesome guy. You know, he put a lot of time into me and my brothers. And, like, we had the best up uh, uh, upbringing. But I have a lot of friends that didn't have that. And now they're, like, struggling in life because they have this trauma that, you know, th- that they inherited when they were very little or they absorbed when they were very, very little. Because when your parents are fighting... And you're, and you're a young child that builds trauma. You can't do anything. If you're around people that are making you uncomfortable and they're yelling and screaming, maybe not even at you, just at each other, Right. Like you can just walk away as an adult. Um, yep. You can't as an yep. infant. You right. can't as a baby. Like, so, those are the people I depend on. So, but, Well, you just can't. Like if, if you're a four-month-old baby or a four-year-old baby, you can't leave the situation, right? So the, this trauma develops and builds. And what happened is people like store it. They hold it. They don't ever get rid of it. And then what does uh, uh, medicine do? Uh, Rockefeller Medicine with all of these Abilify and Ritalin and, you know, all these SSRIs, which probably this guy who did this mass shooting was probably on an SSRI because most of them are. That's like... You know the engine oil light turning on in your car, and what Rockefeller medicine does is put a piece of tape over the light. Uh-huh. To where spirit medicine is like, "Well, let's fix the oil pump or put oil in it, or right. you know, whatever." Um, and, yeah, let's
5: eliminate the things that you're struggling struggling with.
3: R- right, and and uh, I have seen like just amazing. The, the what really got my attention with the uh, with the spirit medicine with the Native Americans is these guys would literally fix horses. And I've been dealing with horses my entire life. And I was just like, I was blown away what these guys could do with horses. I was just, and they're like, oh, and humans are easier because we can talk to them.
1: Hmm.
3: Horses are a challenge to fix because we can't, you know, the horse doesn't say, oh, it hurts here. Or, you know, I'm traumatized because of this when I was a child. You know, like, you know, you got to like really do a lot of work to like, you know, get a horse, you know, figure out what's wrong with a horse. A human can tell you or you can psychologically get into a human's head and start asking questions and start figuring out or with like somebody's spirit guides, that's kind of what they're doing is, you know, the uh so the old witch doctor or the medicine man mm-hmm. would use his peyote or his cactus or his you know, mushrooms, whatever, to um to like uh as tools to to help um cure people. And uh Uh, But that is all, of course, suppressed because it's not a patented pharmaceutical.
2: Yeah, it doesn't make money to have people that are just healthy walking around. Um, Nikki and I, uh, we end up talking about uh, these kinds of subjects often on Free Talk Live. And one thing that we were talking about once, actually, I think Riley was on with us, too, was just the fact that it's kind of one of those words that shouldn't exist. Doctor is a word that shouldn't exist, just like freedom is a word that shouldn't exist. Freedom should just be the natural state we live in, but instead there are these people who want to control you and cage you and just, like ruin your life and control your life so the word freedom becomes a thing <laughs> it's the same as doctor yeah. it's like being healthy shouldn't be a thing you shouldn't need a doctor but we're being poisoned every day and right. you know people are mean to each other and bad to each other and um you know harm each other I mean, injure each other
4: keen uh, admits to be uh, to spraying so they spray
2: uh, you mean uh
4: For mosquitoes and all kinds of other hmm. things.
2: Yeah. I also saw this thing um, not too long ago. Thank you for the call, by the way, Riley. I really appreciate uh, you bringing up that topic and letting people know about that um, conference. I should have probably kept him on and asked him to say it again But um, in Canada. But people can rewind and listen to it again, probably. Um, if Riley doesn't call back, he could if he wants. But I saw this thing that was... Um, People in Keene approved, so the city councils or whatever, whoever it was, approved these people to spray this really bad poison, Roundup kind of poison, around the streams in Keene. So that happened this year. That was in, like, August. Yes. And-
3: so I, 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 that's one of the reasons I left my uh, farming job in Colorado earlier than mm-hmm. I wanted to. I wanted to work there three to five years. I didn't stay there that long. Because the chemicals, uh, the herbicides, the pesticides, the fungicides uh, that they were using, side means death. So, you know, herbicide kills herbs, fungicide kills fungus, um, pesticide kills insects. Um, uh, And then your herbicides for your weeds, your Roundup. uh, And then they have atrazine, which is the thing that, you know, um, Alex Jones referred to having to do with gay frogs. It would make the frogs hermaphrodite. And, and all the amphibians, and then the Roundup just kills all these amphibians. They actually absorb it through their skin. And so what started happening is um, they had massive problems with uh, a lot of pests that, you know, these amphibians would, would you know, would naturally eat anyways. So, like, the uh, grasshoppers would just be decimating crops. And, like, I can remember one year being out there walking through, like, a wheat field, and there was literally thousands of grasshoppers, like, it would be, the, the the vision in front of me was blurry where they were jumping up, you know, because I was walking and they're like, you know, hundreds of them are just hitting you at once because they're just jumping out of the way because they're getting, you know, scattered. But, eat, but those grasshoppers, you know, there's trillions of these grasshoppers like, you know, on, on these fields just, you know, eating away everything because the reptiles and the amphibians weren't there to wipe them out, the toads, the frogs, the snakes, you know, whatever they had there, all kinds of, you know, desert, all kinds of lizards live in the desert quite well. And then, uh, so, but also all the people I was working with were, they were just not healthy. All these guys farming, they were like on low testosterone medication. Yeah. They had all kinds of stuff. They were either like skinny bean poles or extremely low overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, you uh, know, a lot of them were, you know, slugging Mountain Dew and drinking Red Bulls and drinking beer all the time too. But, you know, because it's kind of like, you know, the Midwestern, you know, redneck lifestyle. And, uh, but, yeah, definitely when you're, I'm like 34 years old, and the you know, guy I'm working with is 28, and he's like, Oh, I'm like, I'm coming in late to work tomorrow. I got to go to the doctor. And I'm like, Oh, what are you going to the doctor for? He's like, Oh, I got to, you know, get my testosterone checked again. And I'm on his, He's like, Once a week, I got to, you know, I take a needle oh, and I shoot so this bad. stuff in my leg. And, oh, geez. And like, you would you think
2: can, people working on a farm would be like the healthiest.
3: Well, not, the, not corporate, commercial, yeah, Monsanto the government subsidized
2: herbicides. Yeah. I was Googling there for a second because I wanted to know the exact name of it, but I can't figure it out just by quickly Googling it. I'd have to um, reference this book I uh, have read called The Secret Life of Plants. But herbicides and pesticides and all that stuff are things that are completely unnecessary, and the government kept us away from the actual good cure. So basically these people, and I can't remember their name right now, it was like an anagram, it was like four letters. They created this company, they created this box where they would take an aerial picture of a farm, and they went all over the country doing this. It wasn't just a one-time oh, thing. Oh, you
3: told me about this before.
2: And it's really cool. Um, they would take an aerial picture of the farm, and say they were having a problem with some specific beetle that was eating the crops. They would put a tiny amount of something that would kill that beetle, but not hurt the crops, Right. and they would take that picture, put it in their box next to the poison or whatever it was that would kill the beetle, and just from an aerial picture they were able to like you can believe it or not believe it they did it over and over again you should read the secret life of plants if you want to learn more about it but they went all over the country doing this where they were killing these beetles using these aerial pictures and this box they invented and the government sent people out to go to these farms and tell people like that's not true they're they're just snake oil salesmen don't let them come do their tests for free on your uh, farms Because they're, they're going to hurt your farms And the government sent like A fleet of people out to stop this And then they went after them for a really long time They told them They were going to follow them around And um give them like a rating Like the government told these, this company They were going to follow them around And give them some kind of a rating uh, And that way they were like really excited for it Because they followed them around they, they had really good results And they were waiting for the government to come out with this Like I don't know what it was going to be Some newsletter, I don't know that would explain, oh, th- these people are legit, but instead they trashed them after having a really good experience with them with a whole bunch of good, um, so basically the government destroyed this company and then took away their ability to be a company to where they you, had to You mean a disperse. Com-
3: they they destroyed, like, people doing good work, helping people yep. in order to protect the evil people? Yep. Oh, kind of like they did to Ian? Yep. Because he was doing good work helping people get out of the dollar, get into, you know, cryptocurrency, get into rare coins instead of...
2: Yep, the dollars, the inflated pesticides.
3: coins, yep. And, you know, the Federal Reserve is essentially well, you gotta clean. You literally
4: have to clean the money every, every once in a while before, to put it back into circulation because it gets so
3: dirty.
2: So true, yeah. <laughs> it's
4: gross.
3: But there is... Um, so a, there's a lot of things we can do as farmers, like uh, rotational grazing. So monocropping is you have to put down massive... Chemical fertilizer. All of these uh, genetically modified, you know, like corn and soybean, for example, they need that they're they're designed to grow with synthetic fertilizer that's made from uh, essentially a, a crude oil byproducts. Hey, like- I, if you want to like go visit the farm you want to buy food from,
4: ask them. Hey, can I walk barefoot here? And If they say no, like, don't eat their food. Like barefoot, it's like safe. Like it's like you know that you can eat. You know, eat
3: healthy, untainted soil you know like I don't know is well it- th- this is why I believe in the in, in a good things coming yeah we kind of talked about some doomy gloomy type stuff today mm-hmm. uh tonight on the show but I do believe in the good things coming especially for rural New Hampshire because here's what I see happening in rural New Hampshire uh most people that are the ones doing all the stupid stuff you know living in the cities they're not living in rural New Hampshire and even even like Manchester is like not even really considered a city compared to any other city you know uh, in the United States of America, you know, and, and that's the biggest city in New Hampshire. I mean, there's some, you know, bad places, but even like I was in Manchester a couple weeks ago, a whole bunch of people got like gardens in their little, you know, backyards. A lot of people don't even have yards anymore. They just, their, their grass spot they have is gardens. Almost all these mm. houses and nice. all these duplexes and single family homes all around Manchester. Almost all of them got like, you know, a couple, you know, several hundred square feet of some kind of dirt. And, yeah. uh, but Comes a rural New Hampshire. You know, we got a lot of people that are not vaccinating their kids. They are not uh, letting their kids use internet devices. They're raising chickens. They're butchering the chickens. They're they're collecting eggs. Uh, they're you know just doing things like you know that people been doing for generations in New Hampshire, especially a lot of the New Hampshire natives, and then. All, all of the free staters I know that are moving to New Hampshire, they're real thirsty for that kind of environment. They really want their kids, and even like my homeschool co op that I put on, uh, I have a bunch of kids coming from mostly like Manchester and Concord. Uh, they're you know living in cities or apartments, and they're doing all this farm stuff, and uh, they're learning from it, and they're and they're enjoying it. They're getting a dopamine hit from it. They 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 know how to uh, grow their food. They're not learning how to raise their food. And a whole bunch of my neighbors are doing sort of a similar thing, and all around rural New Hampshire, this is sort of happening, and I see it a lot. And I think New Hampshire is going to be in real good shape, no matter what's happened. We're going to be able to feed ourselves, you know, whatever it comes down to. It'll be a food thing. So we're number
4: to, one uh, farm to table in the country.
3: Yeah, okay. yeah, yep. and um, and and there is, and actually, one of the things here, they I listened to one of these guys on. Um, uh, LBRY and Odyssey uh, Steve Poplar he does uh, this uh, Poplar report and he talks about these food shortages and the price of beef and the local grocery store in town like you can buy ribeye steak for $7 a pound and that's like dirt cheap you know government subsidized factory farmed I'm sure it is you know it doesn't say where it comes from
1: yeah. but
3: like they had hamburger for four ninety nine a pound they got boneless pork chops for $1.98 a pound you know it's all factory farm stuff but there's like no shortage of meat in 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 these uh grocery stores here in new hampshire and it is cheap and i believe a lot of that reason is is because so many people are raising their own livestock yeah so many people and then so, so i'm raising all my own meat and and basically i'm able to sell uh or trade with probably about three quarters to you know 90 percent 75 to 90 percent of the meat i you know, produce, I can't even consume. I only consume about 10%, you know, of what I produce. And a lot of other people are doing the same thing, trading with their neighbors. So there's a lot of homegrown sort of black market, like uh, stuff happening here in New Hampshire.
2: Or people will take goldbacks cryptocurrency or whatever.
3: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I sold some products. meat for uh, gold back. I've sold meat for silver. I've yep. bought a lot. I bought a bunch of calves and cows for gold backs. I bought hay for Goldbacks. And as somebody
2: who didn't grow up just eating this kind of good food all the time, it, you can seriously see such a differ- taste such a difference in food that was grown by like Jay Noon and his family instead of on a factory farm. It is crazy. Even the raw milk. It tastes like vanilla. It's so amazing. I, I hate skim milk now. It's been Free Talk Live. You can visit us on freetalklive.com and we'll see you again soon peace if you wanna move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well I know a guy who's really great It's the Realtor Mark Warden.
6: Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com.